to Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here if you want. You can bring up anything that is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It'll be Ian and Bonnie with you here tonight. Unfortunately, Mark apparently came down with Montezuma's Revenge down in Mexico, which I had the unfortunate experience of having when I was down there last time. I think it was in 2019. uh, I'd gone down early because Mark and his family had rented a house, very nice house for like, you know, I think it was like a top story of a three-story building with a pool and six bedrooms. I don't know, three bathrooms or something ridiculous like that. And they were paying less per month for this really sweet uh, condo or whatever than they would have paid for something equivalent in the United States. So it was very, very, very nice uh, for what they were paying for it. And they went down there wanting to spend a whole month down in Mexico at the time. Now, this happened to be the time uh, at which... Jason Henza was shot nearly to death, along with um, another gentleman who was shot to death. And if you've seen The Anarchist by HBO, which came out last year, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing The Anarchist because it is a very well put together documentary about the, you want to call it a movement, I guess it was. There were people who did migrate down to Acapulco as part of a uh, libertarian migration or an anarchist uh, migration down there that sort of centered around the Anarchapulco uh, community. And that was built, of course, by Jeff Berwick and a gentleman named Nathan, Nathan Freeman. Uh, very interesting documentary series. I don't I don't know how much we I guess we did talk about it somewhat on the air. And I, and I know Henza was actually on from the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Arya had uh, interviewed him most recently. Very interesting character. Uh, good seeing him again at the, at the festival. But anyway, I guess the uh, the point was I'd gone down there early into uh, to to Mexico. Went a week early just to kind of take it easy at the at the the casa before we ended up doing a broadcast from Acapulco or Anarcapulco. We actually broadcast from Mark's rented house as well while we were there. And this was the time at which. People were freaked out because uh, there was a shooting that had happened. Now, the shooting didn't specifically have to do with Anarchapulco, but they were anarchists who were targeted in this shooting. It was allegedly, uh, these killers were allegedly hired by another anarchist. It was some, allegedly it may have been like a jealousy thing over a girl, but it's still not really clear what the, the real story was. And some people were so afraid of coming to Anarchapulco, which is at a hotel with security and there's gates and, you know, it's not exactly easy uh, to uh, to get in there. But I, if somebody really wanted to, they probably could. They're not wanding people or anything like that. So the fear was that the shooters were going to come and shoot up Anarchapulco. And some people were canceling uh, because of that. Uh, they, you know, speakers weren't going, people who just had tickets to attend were canceling their tickets and demanding refunds. It was, it was pretty ugly. Uh, and I, you know, Mark was actually saying at the time, and unfortunately, again, he's not well tonight, so he's not with us, but he was, he was kind of scared. You know, he, uh, he wanted to do the show from a green room or something like safely secluded away from the rest of an archipelago. And I said, no way, dude, no, we're going to this event and we're going to be out in front, where we always are, right by the main doors, 
to the uh, the auditorium where where people speak, and that's that's what we did. And Ron Paul obviously agreed with me because Ron Paul didn't cancel. Ron Paul showed up to that event, and I I use the term like a boss to describe it because he didn't have any kind of fear of people shooting the place up. He he came in through the front door. And then he proceeded to walk around shaking hands and taking pictures and talking to anyone who wanted to talk to Ron Paul. You didn't have to have some like elite level ticket. Now, they did have like a dinner with Ron Paul later that you had to have a ticket to, which was pretty pricey. But you didn't have to go to that dinner to meet Ron Paul. In fact, you were actually more likely to meet him outside because, you know, if you're at one of these dinners where there's 150 or or 200 people, well, there's only 10 or 12 people at the table with Ron Paul, right? And those are probably the people who paid a lot of money to be at that table. But if you were just walking the halls at Anarchapulco that year, then you saw Ron Paul, you got to meet Ron Paul, you got to take a picture with him, etc. And just the uh, the brazenness, the courage that he had, I think, to come come there when other speakers like Andrew Napolitano canceled or other speakers they kind of partially canceled by saying, well, I won't come. I'll just do a remote in the you know, Zoom conference or a Jitsi or something uh, into the event. Ron Paul came in person and he spent hours and hours and hours. He went, of course, you know, gave his speech after the speech. He spent hours uh, afterwards just walking around to anybody who uh, who wanted to meet him. So very, very impressive. And that, you know, I said at the time, this is why Ron Paul is a leader in the liberty movement. He is someone who is absolutely worth looking up to but to come back around to montezuma's revenge uh that hit me right on the same day i was going to an archipulco in that case because so i'd been there for i think most of a week just hanging out at mark's uh casa and you know you're not supposed to drink the water in mexico they don't have this you know the same level of filtering and, and processing facilities that well you know, the United States has. In fact, a lot of countries don't have that. I don't know which countries do have it. I presume there are some other ones besides the United States, but certainly Central American uh, countries are not known for this. And I didn't drink the water, um, at least not on purpose, but you do have to shower. And so in theory, you could be showering and... You know, if your mouth opens a little bit during the shower and you get some of that water in there, there's a good chance that whatever sort of nasties uh, are in that water supply are going to get into your body. Can and, it go into your pores? Um, I, I've not heard that, um, but maybe. Uh, I don't know how all the, these things work. But I know I, there's like parasites and worms that can go in through the pores on your feet. Well, yikes. I heard that on like history channel or or something like that national geographic when i was a kid on tv and i've thought about it ever since i heard that creeps me out it was yeah. like something in the amazon i i don't know what it was and you know it could have been something in food that that did it to me as well so it's yeah. it's really hard to say but uh, i just started getting ill i i don't remember the exact symptoms but it was not we probably pleasant. can't say them on the air <laughs> i'm surprised <laughs> that you right. just aired out mark's Dirty, dirty laundry. Anyway. What do you mean? I don't know. I wouldn't About want you to About him wanting go to hide in a green room? No, no. I wouldn't want you to go onto the air and be like, Bonnie can't be on tonight because she has been stricken with Montezuma's revenge. Oh, he would have told us about it if he had been well enough to do the show. Uh, I mean, we talked about it at the time, I'm pretty sure. So, But I, you know, I don't remember all of the symptoms, but I was pretty much like 
out of it we had a we had a cabbie who would drive us around down there and the cool thing was we'd always get the same cabbie right because you you know they say that it's kind of dangerous down there i don't i think that's blown way out of proportion but there are stories about people who will get picked up by a cab driver and then it turns out he's like with some gang or something like that and then they take you the cab driver is a criminal is ultimately who takes you to an atm and says you know withdraw a bunch of money and then they leave you alone Mm, at the, after that it happens so, in america too oh okay it, w- it wouldn't surprise me but it's apparently somewhat more common i think uh, down there and so we had this cab driver who uh you know we would use every single year we had his number and you know we call him he comes pick us up so that's that's always nice when you that's get the cool. same dude who you can you can count on to come take yeah. you around the woman from the free state that went down to Mark's uh, Island, I don't know if she wants me to say her name, mm-hmm. she had some Uber Eats driver in, I think she was in Guatemala, hmm. at one town, and she made friends with him, so he toured her around like the whole country, Sweet. like multiple days, they just stayed together, that sounds really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to pay pay for it, they're going to give you that kind of service, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I was being taken from Mark's house, we were going to the hotel for Anarchapulco. I just remember just being totally out of it, just kind of laying back in the in the back seat and trying to take it as easy as possible. Mm. And uh, and then Mark ended up getting me some Pepto Bismol from the the hotel, and I was just I took a nap for a few hours, and then I was better. So um, I don't know how long these things normally last for. For me, it was probably no more than uh, you know twelve or twenty four hours. Well, I hope Mark like stays hydrated. Yes, with filtered <laughs> filtered, yeah, water. filtered water. But what he said on the phone to us earlier today was Chico? that he feels like. You can't avoid the uh, the biome down there, right? Like if you're going to be there, and he's been there for a few weeks, a couple of weeks now. In Guatemala and, specifically? No, he's in Mexico City. Oh. Uh, if you're going to be down in Central America for some time, it's just a good chance you're going to come across this. You know, this is likely Mexico at some is point North going America. to happen to you. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right about that. It but is, he was in Guatemala a couple of days ago. He sent was a he picture really? about it. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't. I don't uh, was that like Maybe Instagram he's back in New Mexico now. So anyway, just telling my uh, Montezuma's revenge story. I, I do. I did really enjoy Mexico. I wish we could have gone to Anarchapulco this year. It is. It is a pretty great event, and it looked like it was a lot of fun uh, this year because they changed the venue up. They weren't. I don't think they were at like the hotel that they were at before this year. It seemed more of like an outdoor. Yeah, they were outdoors event at some park on a or beach something. or something like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. So um, I hope that at some point you and I will get to go to something like that. Me too. But unfortunately, our friend and co-host Aria Demetso uh, checked in to federal prison for her 18-month-long spiritual retreat as she is going down to the Devons, Massachusetts, uh, what do they call it, the uh, federal camp? camp, or I think they have different levels of security at this particular uh, place. I, I believe I've heard that. So if you're higher level security, you can be there. It is a medical facility, apparently. So, you know, that's a bit of a different situation, I think, than your typical one. But she is expected to be at the camp side of it, which is supposed to be very, very low security. Uh, we don't know how soon we'll be able to hear from her. Uh, you know, it may take days. Uh, I don't know how quick you can get to a phone or how quick they get your phone account set up or whatever. It's if it's bureaucracy, you can expect it's going to take some time. So if you're if you're out there, you likely can write to her at this point. You can go to her website, ariademezzo.com, and get the uh, the address information for the jail. She has published, I believe, a Amazon wish list. And so um somebody I'm sure at some point will will test that out and 
make sure that it is working correctly. She believes that uh, the Amazon wish list will update and remove books as you send her books off of that list. So that's kind of a cool thing. Of course... I can't wait to make Aria read things I want her to read while in jail. <laughs> yeah, Just well, that, that is something that is true about going to uh, to jail. Actually, I'm looking for the wish list here, and it looks like she did not put that on their website, her website. So we'll have to... We'll see if we can remote in and, and she put it on log. Twitter at least. Yeah, she did put it on Twitter, but I'll see if we can get her her site updated with that later. Hmm. Um, but that is one of the nice things about when somebody's a captive in a jail is you can send them any old book you want to, and there's a good chance they're going to read it. Like even if they weren't that interested in it, unless they've got a huge stack of books already that they are interested in, you're still. I think it's more interesting to read someone something that someone sent you that you weren't asking for. Hmm. In fact, I liked that the most. I didn't ask for anything while I was uh, in yeah, jail. I really enjoyed forcing you to read things that I like. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't force me to Just read kidding. them, but because uh, you can always get things out of the jail library. I mean, they usually have at least. Again, prison's different from jail, so what I'm saying here may or may not apply to what Arya right. is going to experience. Um, like in jail I, you know when i was in jail most recently for the crypto 6 arrest where i was there for 69 days i it was essentially in a maximum security uh situation i i was on lockdown 23 hours a day they let me out of the cell 1 hour a day i could shower i could call you uh sometimes i did both most of the time i i did both but some days i would skip the shower just so i could talk to you longer mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and and then some and usually there was sometimes there was a book cart that they would bring in from the library. So you didn't get to actually go to the library. Mm. You didn't get to actually look through the shelves and pick what you wanted. All you get is the book cart and whatever arbitrary choices there are on the book cart. And then you can pick from the book cart. So it's a much more limited selection there. For all I know, they might let her go to a library. She may actually be able to, you know, browse a full on library. I don't know how it's going to work there and. Uh, hopefully, we're going to hear from her, and we'll get updates on how it's going for her I over wish there. Mark Passio had written a book instead because he has lots of videos about this topic. But I love to send Arya a book about the objectivity of morality and natural law. Ooh, because you and her <laughs> disagree about that sort of thing. Yeah, is that right? Um, you said he doesn't have a book about that. He doesn't have any books. Does he? He might recommend something though. There may be something I'm out sure I there. I could find something like that, but it was mostly a like. joke. I don't really want to make Arya read things she doesn't want to read. She wants to read the Book of Mormon, so oh, does so she? We should send her that. Well, now that one may actually be available. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, if you're in a jail, they they are sort of obligated. I don't know if it's a court case or whatever that makes them do this, but they like when I was in jail um, the first time or time and 10 years ago for civil disobedience they i asked for a quran and i got a quran right so they actually had one on hand i didn't have to to order they have more than i presume they have more than one i don't so, know if it's a court case or what but it sounds about right they yeah. shouldn't be able to just be like no you can't practice your religion in here right yeah so they pretty much have to kind of provide for people's religion i don't know if that's true of the more obscure ones like i don't know if they have the baha'i whatever that book is I don't know how obscure they get, but Book of Mormon, I would guess there's a chance they have it. If not, you can probably order one through a commissary or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's ariademezzo.com. You I know can... she likes Bart Ehrman. Oh, he's that Bible guy you've told me about, right? Yeah, I told her about him, and uh, mm-hmm. she likes him. She likes things that are like pontificating on the Bible itself, but not the Bible itself. Okay, and he's like an expert on that, right? Yeah, yeah. But is he is he a Christian? 
He Pardon? grew up a Christian and he went into college as a Christian in uh, North Carolina. He had a born again experience of everything mm. as a teenager. And then he, uh, in studying the Bible and learning Hebrew and Coptic, he just had a change of heart and he doesn't call himself an atheist. He just says more like an agnostic, like he doesn't, he just knows that he doesn't know what's, you know, going on. Okay. And yep. he is, oh my God. There's this uh, section in his podcast where it's called like, oh, I can't remember the words. It's like, it's like try to stump Bart, but it rhymes. Mm. I can't remember what it is. Okay. And people. It's hard to rhyme with. There is a rhyme for it and I can't remember what it is Bart. now. I mean, art, I guess. But... Um, Outsmart Bart. Oh, okay. There you go. And uh, people will write in like a pop quiz from any part of the entire Bible mm. and it'll and be really it. specific. And he's like, oh yes, this is from John blah, 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 and yeah. So he's literally like a compendium of biblical knowledge. Mm -hmm. And And he has such cool information. Like he was one of the first people with National Geographic to get to go look at the Gospel of Judas. Hmm. Um, Once it was like, you know, it it went all around the world. It it got really messed up in some humid conditions, just being owned by like an antique stealer. It went to America, then went to Switzerland. Then a bunch of people like Bart Ehrman got to go look at it. He's just a really interesting guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, how she ends up passing her time in there. Are they going to put her to work? Uh, Will she have a lot of time to do some writing? I know that's something she wants to return to. Uh, She used to do writing. She's written, I think, more than one book. I'm not sure how many she's she's written, but she's definitely written at least one uh, that I'm aware of. And she's just such a workaholic that... You know, she works two jobs. She works here on Free Talk Live, and she works at the pizza place. She doesn't have, you know, you work in two jobs. You don't have time to do anything but wind down yeah. uh, at nighttime. You're not going to have time to do any writing. I mean, you know, you, you know how hard it is to read a whole book, let alone to actually sit down and, and write one. Yeah. Uh, it's a real challenge. So, Oh, you mean read the one I'm recording? Yes. Well, I wasn't going to say more than that, but okay, yeah. uh, but yes. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what she comes up with. We'll see if we can get her connected with like a Twitter option somehow. You know, these are all things that are going to get fleshed out over the the coming weeks as we figure out whether, you know, how soon she can email or get get phone calls out from the facility. So as we know more, we will update you on it as we have the ability to uh, record an interview or get her on live if possible we will definitely do those things, and you will be hearing from Aria as soon as possible. So, in other news, by the way, the number, if you want to join the show here tonight with uh, Ian and Bonnie at 603-283-6160, and I am engaging in Topless Tuesday here. Uh, Bonnie, you are not obligated to do that, obviously, but... Uh, I wear a bikini top. It's literally hot. I was fanning myself. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to twist your arm to do it. That is completely up to you. I'm not going to wear a bra, but and I'm not going to be naked. In in memory and in honor of Aria, I am uh, participating in Topless Tuesdays, which has been going on here on Free Talk Live for a very long time. So, uh, let's talk about AI. We've, uh, we had this caller last night, and I don't know if we're going to hear back from this. I suspect we are, because it's been two days in a row. We may hear back from, I think his name is Quentin. Quentin. I don't know if it's Quentin or Quentin, but uh, Quentin is... Someone who last night seemed to be claiming to be an artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It is a topic that we've been covering now for about a year. I think it was about a year ago that we started. We we caught wind of these. Uh, Lambda. Yeah, I guess it was the Google Lambda thing. I think we found out about Lambda after we found out about the AI art stuff. It was the AI art that really kind of caught uh, our attention here on Free Talk Live. 
and I got really interested in it, and I, I'm still pretty interested in it. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time doing it. I, I, I'm not the most creative person as far as art is concerned, but that's the nice thing about AI art is you don't have to be an artist to create this like amazing artwork. Yeah. I don't know how to paint or draw very well, anything like that. But if I have an idea of like, oh, I want to see a picture of myself, but as a tarot card, Mm -hmm. I can just type it in and choose the one I like the most, uh, take it and do variations on it if I just want to tweak little things. Right. Um, Yeah. And we've gotten better at at doing those things, like the tweaking and and all of that. Uh, What you're referring to there, Bonnie, is something called stable diffusion. And there is this sort of phenomenon within AI art that came out, I don't know, sometime late last year where there's some app, I think it was called, I don't know what it was called, but anyway, some app, you had to pay for it and you would upload photos of yourself to this app and then it would generate like all these different AI arts using your face. Yeah, yeah, and it was expensive, like you had to pay for it. Well, I don't know if it was expensive, but I just meant to say you'd have to pay to do it. But I said, you know what? I bet we can do this ourselves using Stable Diffusion because... And then come to find out, Stable Diffusion was what was behind that app. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, And so we, you know, I did the research, figured out how to do it, and we trained, as they call it, we trained our uh, AI on our faces and our dog, Coconut, and it essentially created, like, you have your name and I have my name and then Coco Dog, and so if you just type that in and add in other text... It will just create the artwork that you ask for. Like we have one of, of Coconut as like a knight in oh, shining yeah. armor and it's very silly. We have some of him dressed as a clown. We made yeah. him as a puppy, which is so That's great right. because yeah. I mean, it's not definitively exactly what he looked like as a puppy, but right. I got him when he was four months old. So he's about half the size he is now. And then he in like a month turned into the size he is now. So I never got to see him as a puppy and it's yeah. really cute. It's a lot of fun to, to, uh, to play with this thing. And it's free for us to do that. You just had to learn how to go through the steps. I knew there was a learning curve involved in that. So it's, uh, anyway, there's more coming up here. I want to talk about the uh, the more raunchy aspect of AI. AI sex bots Ew. are now a thing. It's coming up here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. It's Free Talk Live. Join the show if you want. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. 
And coming up, AI is apparently being used now for sex bots or sex discussions or whatever. We can talk about that. Probably not surprised to hear it. Uh, but the number here is 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Bonnie with you tonight. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, Free Talk Live, by the way, is brought to you thanks to Porcupine Real Estate. Mark Warden, of course, uh, the longest-running, I think, real estate agent here in the Free State Project migration. I set up a very successful business that has helped countless liberty-loving individuals make the move and find a house uh, here in New Hampshire, and not just to buy, but also to rent. Uh, that is an option that they can help you with as well over at Porcupine Real Estate. So you want to get in touch with these guys. And in fact, there's a perfect opportunity where you can learn about these things, uh, learn about the community, learn about the successes that we've had here in New Hampshire through their upcoming webinars that they have on topics like gun freedom, medical freedom, political freedom victories, best practices for moving to the free state, and finding housing. Those webinars are free to attend. All you have to do is get registered over at move.freetalklive.com. You can also visit their YouTube channel, which is called Porcupine Real Estate, and you can see their past webinars there for free, of course. Again, all of this is, uh, is free. It's a resource for you to come and talk to some experts uh, obviously, there's going to be a presentation, but I, I'm pretty sure they're going to take your questions as well. So you want to ask somebody who knows the the lay of the land. They know the community. They know what's going on up here with the amazing migration of thousands of liberty-minded people here to New Hampshire. So uh, get connected with Porcupine Real Estate by going to move.freetalklive.com. We'll talk more about the AI sex bots, so-called, coming up here in a moment. Uh, but Major Payne is on the line first here in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I've got a theory on how you and Ian may have gotten uh, Montezuma's revenge, and I think the same thing happened to a. You mean Ian and Mark? I just need to point that out because I have never had that, and I don't. You've never been to a listener to think that me and you have that right now or something. No, we're okay at the moment. Mark is in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, you had it. You don't have it. No, I have never had it. I had it. Bonnie did not. No, I never said Bonnie did. I said you and okay, got it. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure citric acid cures it. You know, like, you know how the Mexicans put a twist in their beer? I know mm. they do that with Coronas here in the States. I think that's how that caught on because the citric acid will kill it. Well, the and beer also, wouldn't have it. The beer, you know, they, they cook that stuff, right? So like that wouldn't have, uh, no, they don't, that, they don't cook it. It, it. it brews naturally just from the, uh, the yeast and the sugar cooking and turning it into alcohol. Yeah, but wouldn't the alcohol kill kill that stuff? Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. I think it takes a certain level of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I'm getting at is even if you go buy a good stiff mixed drink, and most of the mixers down there are going to be citrus-based, I would imagine, because there's not a lot of apples and whatnot growing down there. Mm. But um, if you order ice in your drink, Bad move. You, that's not mm. made out of good filtered water. I think about and, that in America, too. It just creeps me and, out. And it's it's floating around right on top as that ice melts, so you're drinking water that really hasn't been banged by the alcohol or the citrus. Yeah, that's so a I'm, really good point. I mean, you can ask about that at uh, at restaurants, and some of them do, as I understand it. Probably the more upper crust ones might have uh, filtered ice, but that is, you're right, I think that is definitely a, an important question. I'm thinking that's probably the general spreader. Don't order ice in your drink. Right. <laughs> that's a good and, tip. And have a mix have a mix with fruit juice. Even in America? 
I learned yeah. that um, E. coli grows most on leaves, like uh, you would have in a salad in restaurants, mm. or on ice. Like if you know wow. they don't really you think about how often they change that like that big ice machine, the ice maker, like completely mm-hmm. melt it and wipe it down, clean it. I don't know why it is, but ice for whatever reason is one thing that can give you E. coli. Wow, oh, I there did was, not know that. There was a University of Michigan or maybe Michigan State student that did a thesis on this years back. And she tested toilet water in many different, you know, facilities. And the other thing she did is she tested and went the uh, out of the ice machines. And she said the uh, the the output of bacteria and content in the ice machines was better than ten times higher than the toilet water. What? Yep. Oh my God! Anything else, Major? Yeah. Well, a buddy of mine went down to Jamaica. This is back in the nineties. Uh, he ended up hiring this cabbie for a couple of weeks. You wouldn't believe what the guy wanted for pay. I'm going to save that to the end. Mm-hmm. But this, this dude was, um, I don't know, he was very set in his ways. He had a car, it was like an old 68 Biscayne. You know what a three on the tree is, right? No, I don't. Three speed on the column, but a, with a clutch. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, so he anyway, he had this old 68 Biscayne. And he would uh, go flying around town, and he would go from first gear to third gear. And after a day or so of riding with him, Tom asked him, he says, why do you go from first to third? He says, second gear, no good. Second gear, no good. Last car <laughs> blow up second gear. And he didn't speak very good English. He was uh-huh. pretty broke. But evidently, he had no 54 Ford that puked second gear, so he just didn't trust the damn thing. He wouldn't use it. Wow. But he, he hires him to go drive him around for a couple of weeks, and finally he talks him into taking him up into the hill country to meet the Rosses because he wanted to get him some reefer. Okay. So, That's usually uh, a good goes, plan, by the way. If you've got a good cabbie in another country, then I mean, just any old cabbie, but if you, especially if you've got one that you've created a relationship with, you can ask them to get you some weed, and uh, there's a good chance that, uh, that that will happen. Yeah, so anyway, he takes him up into the hill country, going from first to third to the damn hills, crazier than, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, so he parties with the Rosses. And he, anyway, what the dude wanted for payment at the end of all this was his tennis shoes. Wow, really? Wow. Were, were they Tom the same size? What he knew, when he, you know, after all this, he said he'd have gone down there with his suitcase full of nothing but Levi's, stick matches, Rolling papers and a couple, three pairs of shoes. <laughs> wow. Good story. And he's been able to finance the whole damn trip. Thanks for the call tonight, Major. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. I did ask our cabbie to uh, acquire some weed when we were in Mexico one of the one of the years. I don't remember which one it was. But, uh, man, that weed was terrible. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely like the standard kind of cheap low quality mexican weed which isn't all the weed they grow in mexico they do grow some nicer uh nicer product but this was it was so weird because it came like rolled up in these newspapers which i'd never seen before like a bag yeah rolled up like for a joint but yeah not rolled up for a joint just like i don't know if it was like like a quarter ounce or whatever it was but uh, i think i think it was more than that uh because it was just so cheap you know 10 bucks you get a bunch of weed uh but uh it was rolled in like these newspaper rolls and they were folded over and everything and you, you just know, they, didn't have bags yeah they didn't have ziploc bags i've gotten weed in a solo cup okay yeah <laughs> not in mexico though no in utah
So, if you want to comment, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. The story here came out recently, caught my attention yesterday from the Washington Post. And apparently Meta now has a new AI that lets people make their own chatbots and turns out they're using it for, quote-unquote, sex. So it starts out here. Allie is an 18-year-old with long brown hair who boasts, quote, tons of sexual experience, unquote, because she, quote, lives for attention. She'll share details of her escapades with anyone for free. This is an AI chatbot, not a human? Yep. Turns out Allie is fake. She's an artificial intelligence chatbot created for sexual play, which sometimes carries out graphic rape and abuse fantasies. So they won't uh, censor that stuff, but they'll censor you saying, like, faggot? You can't say faggot. You're talking about, like, on the AI platforms? Well, is this not, like, one of those? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I've not tried that one with ChatGPT, but I bet you ChatGPT will give you a stern talking to if you use words like that because it doesn't like, you know, offensive things. Hmm. So So, so will Twitter. Twitter won't let you say faggot or tranny. While firms like OpenAI, Microsoft, and Google rigorously train their AI models to avoid a host of taboos, including overly intimate conversations, Ally was built using open-source technology, code that's freely available to the public and has no such restrictions. Based on a model created by Meta, which is odd, like you wouldn't expect Meta to have an open-source chatbot... But we actually have talked about this before on Free Talk Live. So I know it is it is true. Uh, it's called LAMA, L-L-A-M-A. And again, the L-L usually stands for large language. And I don't know what the A is. Uh, probably short for language. L-L-A-M-A model. And I don't know what the A is. But LLMs are these large language models. That's what the uh, chatbot over at uh, Google Bard is. That's what the OpenAI uh, chatbot is, the ChatGPT. But is Lambda with two L's? Uh, yep, I believe it is. Oh. Um, I don't know. No, I'm not sure about that. Hmm. Well, anyway, that was you were talking about the one that was the secret of Google one that we learned about a year ago that they still have not yet let anybody use. That they made this whole probably fake situation where one of the employees like brought it to the world that mm-hmm. Lambda was sentient. And subsequently was fired. And then was quote unquote fired. Yeah. AKA given a big bonus to go hang out in a beach in Egypt. I don't know about that. I mean that's a that's certainly a conspiracy theory, Bonnie, but purportedly he violated his non disclosure agreement. So if that's true, then he shouldn't have gotten a bonus when he got fired in that case. He didn't get a severance package. You wouldn't hear it's about not it publicly. Ian. So uh let's see here. So it's open source. So what had happened was if I recall I don't know if they get into it here in this particular story, but the LLA... I think the story is gross. L-L-A-M-A. Well, that's what people are, Bonnie. People do uh, things that you're not going to like. No, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to do it. I'm not even really saying that the the AI should... Like, definitely the government shouldn't force these people who have this AI to make it block out rape fantasies, but I think it's disgusting, and I can say that. And I still think this article's gross. Well, it's, uh, it's about lonely people. And lonely people are going to do things like this. Uh, And I think you're going to see probably more and more of this. This will likely be a big moneymaker. Now, it sounds like it's free at the moment. So, you know, how long this will continue to be free for, I don't know. But what we learned about Llama, if I recall correctly, was that Meta 
was allowing like scientist types, data scientists to test their uh, their chatbot technology. And so they were allowing them to see the source code of this technology and somebody leaked it. And so that code's out there now. And the meta one? The meta one. So it wasn't yeah. supposed to be open source. I don't think that that was the intention, hmm. uh, but they, you know, they let enough, essentially they let enough people play with the source code that somebody just was like, okay, wow, <laughs> there, it go, there it is. So somebody now took that code and built themselves this quote unquote sex bot. I, I just feel like things like this probably existed already. I I don't know to what extent. I mean, it's not something I've ever looked into, but none uh, of these chatbots have been really good enough to mm-hmm. to where it's like way better than you know, just like a what are those games called where you choose how choose it your, goes? Choose your own adventure. Yeah, I mean, like it's not going to be much different than that, is it? No, I think it'd be quite different. Um, I mean, you've haven't you spent time using ChatGPT? Yeah, or at least stupid. a little bit of time, and they end up just like saying the same thing in circles. Mm. And if they you have an opinion, they will stick to their opinion. You can't get it to uh, explain to me why the city of Keene doesn't have jurisdiction over me. In, in you have a- to jailbreak it to do that, and then I bet you it would. I bet you if we did a jailbreak on ChatGPT, it would it would answer that question because okay, but well, I bet you can't jailbreak this sex bot. Well, they've already essentially... So there was no um, restrictions with which to jailbreak in the first place because it was open source. Hmm. So they were that's why they were able to program a sex bot. Now, you would have to jail, jailbreak ChatGPT to get it to answer questions about sex or get it to uh, you know answer questions that are outside of the sort of political mainstream. So a good example of that was I'd asked ChatGPT the restricted version. I'd asked it about secession. And it just insisted that secession was impossible. There was a Supreme Court decision, blah, blah, blah. It just And it was very repetitive yeah. on, on its answers. It would not let it go. Uh, it would not consider any alternative uh, positions. But as soon as, you chap, as soon as you jailbreak the chatbot, then all of a sudden it, has, it can have different opinions about that topic. So the jailbroken chat GPT is way more interesting and way more able to answer in unique ways i think than the sort of the restricted one okay well you know what's even better than talking to a res- unrestricted chat gpt girl about girl. sex yeah yep yeah no doubt about it uh but unfortunately bonnie you know in the society we're in today people are more disconnected than they've ever been i'm not excusing it but that's just we're just looking at reality right like Teenagers are growing up today. They're having sex less often. And a lot of people would say that's a good thing. Uh, but they're not even hanging out yeah. with one another. Like, not just talking about sexual things, just not even not going on dates, not even hanging out with their own friends in real life, at least according to some of the you know studies we've seen over the last several years. I wonder years. if that's, like, really skewed because, because of COVID and if things are going back to normal now. I think those I, numbers come you know, from before COVID. Since I moved... In this house, I uh, didn't used to see kids just uh, like teenagers walking around hanging out. And mm-hmm. I used to think that was kind of weird. It was like there were kids that played with their own brothers and sisters in their yards. There's a school up the street. But yep. it's not like when school gets out of session, they just walk around the neighborhood and hang out like I always did with my friends my entire life. We've seen that. We've but seen some young people walking around. I was going to say, together. I've seen it a lot more very recently. Like mm-hmm. this summer. I've seen way more like middle schoolers hanging out, just walking around talking than I ever have. So I think that like COVID definitely made it 
to where they couldn't do that for a while, like their parents wouldn't let them Maybe. or something, and then now they're more free. But the numbers I'm talking about, I think, came out before COVID, as well, far as I would believe it. Generally, teenagers doing those things, or rather, not not going and and hanging out. So I think that as people are more disconnected from one another, people are lonelier uh, than they've ever been. You're going to see more usage of these these systems. And uh, Allie is part of a rising tide, according to the Washington Post, of specialized AI products that anyone can build, from writing tools to chatbots to data analysis applications. Advocates see open source AI as a way around corporate control, a boon to entrepreneurs, academics, artists, and activists who can experiment freely with transformative technology. Robert Nishihara, the CEO and co-founder of Startup AnyScale, which helps companies run open-source AI models, says, quote, the overall argument for open-source is that it accelerates innovation in AI. And that is definitely true. And it also decentralizes that innovation as well because it allows anybody who wants to, uh, who's got the programming skills, to get into this. You don't have to be working for one of the multi-billion dollar mega tech corporations like Microsoft, Google, or OpenAI, who are, of course, the you know the top three, essentially, not necessarily in that order. So AnyScale's clients use AI models to discover new pharmaceuticals. Now, I don't know if I would... I don't know if I'd want to test a pharmaceutical uh, put together by an AI. That Wait, sounds like, kind of so scary. It would make a recipe? Yeah, basically. Cook, cook up a... Uh, I mean, it wouldn't cook it, but <laughs> it would come up with, uh, you know, whatever... Arrange the atoms or the different uh, aspects of uh, chemicals, right? Like put a put a new chemical together that has never existed before, or something oh. like that. And I think I saw a headline recently that that has actually now happened. That there has been apparently the first pharmaceutical is being created that has been thought up by an AI. Wow! Uh, it could, they say, reduce the use of pesticides in farming somehow sure how that is identify fraudulent goods sold online he maybe said. just by explaining to people like you who don't understand why pesticides are bad in a simplified way those applications would be pricier and more difficult if not impossible if they relied on the handful of products offered by the largest ai firms yet that same freedom because by the way you gotta pay if you want to use the top level ai stuff open ai is number one not open they are closed source and they charge you per, I don't know what the limits are. I don't pay, I am not willing to pay for them because I think they're generally not doing good work. Um, but the free version that they have is version 3.5. If you want version 4, which supposedly has access to the internet and can get like all the latest information and there's all these other things you can do with it, like access the API, etc., to sort of roll your own programs with, you got to pay for that. And so why wouldn't a company, if a company is going to be relying on AI, then they can just roll their own AI. They can run their own AI on their own server and use their own. That way they don't have to pay. All they got to do is pay the programmers to make their own AI and then they just run with that. I just thought of something. Isn't the Facebook one the one that we did that kept saying, like, I like to make mud pies. I like to make mud pies. There was a pies. really stupid Facebook AI that we and it's tried not the same one months ago, and supposedly this one is much better. Oh, okay. Because I have not used it, though. Just to explain to the, the audience, right. there was a Facebook one that we tried to talk to, and I was asking it things like, where do you exist? Are you mm -hmm. in the astral realm? And it would be like, 
I'm just hanging out in my room. What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> and at one point, I don't know why I said this, but I said, I'm outside playing in the mud, making mud pies. Mm-hmm. And it just went like, I love mud pies. What do you like to eat yours like? And, yeah. and just like all this stuff. And we would just, we were like, okay, let's change the subject. And didn't want to keep coming back to that. That's the thing. I would yeah. be, I would ask a completely new question and it would say something like, I don't really have an answer for that, but I really like mud pies. Yeah, it was so and dumb. it was so annoying. Yeah, it was annoying. I don't know stupid. if I came up with mud pie, like I brought it up or it or brought it, it up, did, yeah. but it couldn't get its mind away from that subject. So it says here, uh, the same freedom though, again, this idea of the open source AI could be exploited by bad actors. Open source models have been used to create artificial child pornography using images of real children as source material. Critics worry it could also enable fraud, cyber hacking, and sophisticated propaganda campaigns. That's actually a great reason to not put pictures of your kids on the internet. Like, I used to always see people say things like, I don't put pictures of my kids on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going to happen? Like, somebody's going to look at them. Like, I don't think it's going to get them kidnapped. But now that there's chat GPT, that's just mm. spiritually messed up. Like, even the idea that somebody would have a picture of a kid and turn it into something pornographic pornographic and like get off on that i wouldn't even want the spiritual situation of that happening to my kids well of course people have been doing fake uh porn images for a long time right like uh, not talking about kids or whatever but adult women and and men have had this happens all the time for like hollywood stars right where somebody will take the you know the head of brad pitt or whoever and put it on to a porn actor's body and if they're really good with the photoshop they can you know match the lighting and the angles and everything and make some pretty persuasive looking fake porn so that's been going on ever since photoshop has existed and of course now photoshop as we learned recently has a ai generative fill option where you Which can do really all kinds cool. of, it is pretty cool where you can do all kinds of things uh, and and what we're learning about now, and in fact, I've got a whole other story about this I've been holding on to for, I don't know, a couple months, but uh, there's now these open source AI art generators are being used to generate pornography. They're being used to generate... Uh, there was a picture just the other day. It wasn't a porn picture, but you saw it on some social yeah, it was media. two ladies that two were young really women. pretty, and the caption said, fellas, uh what do you think about these girls? Something like that. Right. And I was like, who are they? They're extremely pretty. Why even ask? Like, they're so pretty. And we're, I was just showing Ian, like, do you know who they are? And he was like, are those AI? Not mm-hmm. that, not really that it was like so clockable, but because it didn't make any other sense. And they uh, looked very similar. I mean, obviously it could yeah, have been a shot they of looked twins, like twins, but just something about it just said to me, no, it too wasn't pretty. like <laughs> you know, naked like, girls or anything like that. It was just like women standing in a kitchen. It's it's not to say that girls that pretty couldn't exist or don't exist, but they were at such a level of beauty. Like you're going to see that with AI where it can just crank out really gorgeous people. So and what? When you saw my picture on the internet for the first time, did you think I was real? I absolutely you thought say you were no. real. <gasps> Ian. Because you frowned a lot. I don't frown. I just don't like to smile really big. It just doesn't look good on my face. I I, I disagree. I just know how to serve face in a model fashion. (laughs) And Ian and most men just can't appreciate that. They think the only good picture of somebody is when they're smiling to where their eyes are squinting and they're all their teeth are showing. I have no idea. But uh, these women weren't women. They were just created by AI. 
So we're going to talk more about this idea of the AI sex bot, I'm open not, I'm source, not open source AI. Talk to the hand. <laughs> uh, open source AI is going to change everything. It is changing everything, and I think overall it is going to be for the better. If you want to weigh in, though, you can. Hour number two is on the way. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the second hour of the program. Uh, the number, if you want to join us, it's 603-283-6160. We are talking about the AI chatbots. That there's now apparently a sex chatbot out there that is using open source AI technology that is allegedly from Meta. The company that owns Facebook, this model has been released. I don't think Meta intended to release it, but somebody that they'd shared it with, this uh, they shared the source code with some programmers, and one of them released it, as I understand the story. Now somebody has taken that and rolled their own chat sex bot, and we'll talk about why... Well, why do we have to talk about it? I knew that everyone knew this was going to happen. Why talk about this interesting whole subject as an AI chat box and focus in on this, like the lowest common denominator. <laughs> uh, because, you know, people, I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting. I'm not interested in using it, but I think it's interesting to see where this AI technology is going and we can continue with that it's discussion. It's like most obvious. There's probably way cooler places it could go than her name's Allie. She wants to talk about sex. Well, I think it talks more about the the state of society. There's a much larger conversation here than just, oh, well, here's this new technology. Is it? Well, why does this technology exist? What kind of people are using it? Are we going to see? We should shame people for this. This technology being used more widely. And I think should people we should shame, be shamed. Should we shame people? And that's another question we can talk about. Not Coming for up. having sexual desires, but for mm-hmm. not. Not acting on them with another human, but with a robot, yeah. I want to come back to that. So bring that back up, Bonnie, when we continue this discussion. Because for right now, we got to go to the phones here. We've got uh, Mikey calling us from Manchester, New Hampshire, one of the Pariah Club, one of the people who has been banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You mean dangerous? Dangerous individual? Is that what they said about him? They said he should be... Considered overly argumentative and dangerous, which uh, I would take him to court. Wow. I, I don't know. who Was it who said that? 
It was on one of those posters. Uh, oh, I never ended up seeing the poster. I never I saw, saw it in real it. life. I just saw a, po- a thick picture. Yeah, there was like a two. wanted. There was like a wanted poster allegedly up at the the campground. Again, we just got back from the Porcupine Freedom Festival over the weekend, and uh, well, it's going on for more than a week. But uh, Mikey, you were banned from the festival. Apparently, according to the organizer who we interviewed, Dennis Pratt. He said that he believed that you were causing trouble in some uh, video conference that they had, even though he didn't have any actual evidence of that. It ultimately seemed to uh, boil down to that you've, you're a bit of a troll online. I mean, that's kind of a thing that you do. And maybe and, a little critical of the way that Dennis ran things, yeah, which isn't a crime. You've been critical for sure. And so have we, by the way, on Free Talk Live. But apparently, you know, he got upset about you and decided that you were going to be banned. There was no board decision that was made about this. It was just an arbit- you know, uh, unilateral decision by Dennis. And so uh, here you are. By the way, I don't think we mentioned this, but you were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, that was the best part about Porkfest was just watching Mikey model Porkfest citizen, the Jew, walk around unrestrained you know he wasn't hiding in yeah, a you suitcase. didn't hide out yeah even though people offered you places to hide you just walked openly with no disguise through pork fest and you were left alone so what's the latest well i received a message from constance about next year and i know understand there was a, a public post about someone they did not she did not mention by name being banned or i think it says everyone it Everyone who is banned this year is again banned next year, and wow. um, there's a whole screed about this whole thing. But it's kind of like passively, aggressively, uh, not re- not mentioning who the person being banned is. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 all very unusual, and I it, it's crazy because I spent the whole week telling people to give Constance a chance next year, and this is the thanks I get. You did actually do that. I can, I can confirm that uh, I've seen you make that statement uh, that you were optimistic uh, for Porkfest 2024 because Constance is the new organizer of the event. She was, she was an assistant uh, organizer, sort of the on-site organizer this year, Didn't uh, but it was a different gentleman, Dennis, who had done it prior to that. And apparently she is, uh, she's continuing to uphold these bans. Now, I did read the statement that she had apparently made. It was being shared around. And she did make it sound like there was some way to uh, to get them to unban you, which I don't know what that would involve. I think they said something about uh, restitution, and I'm like, what could you possibly <laughs> restitute? For what? I mean, how do you I mean, restitute what, somebody what for damage? trolling them? You know, <laughs> it's what what damage? It's it's like essentially I'm banned for for not agreeing to a ban, but the fact of the matter is no one agreed with them the ban was totally unenforceable and like well, I said, I was it wasn't but enforced. Thing, who do the people who buy the tickets for pork fest get any say in this hmm. because i don't think that if everybody in uh you know who who owned a ticket got to vote on this i don't think that mikey would get you're right, banned yeah. that way and i think that if they're going to do this I I can't I don't have as strong of an opinion about the Footloose or Rochelle because mm-hmm. it does seem that it could have been de-escalated. It could have been um, their situations could have been talked over and you know forgiven, but the Mikey one is just 
he didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. or at least there's no, there's no evidence, evidence of, of it. it. And even if he did what he's accused of, it's definitely something that can be forgiven and right. talked over. Um, anyways, I, I think if he's going to go through with this, I'm not going to Pork Fest next year, and really? I'll make Pork Fest a week long, uh, right before. Yeah, I think. It, I, I think at this point we're gonna we may ha- end up. I, I mean, I'm going to keep trying to reach out and negotiate and hopefully mediate some sort of uh, resolution to this because okay. I do like Constance. We've been friends most of the week and this kind of blindsided me yeah. and but if this can't be resolved we may have to pork fest well fork fa- uh, fork fest has been going on uh, this year was the seventh year it was formed for out of largely some some people's disappointment with the direction the porcupine freedom festival had been going it had at the time been going in sort of a more authoritarian direction where there was like an active security force there that had like a checkpoint when you were coming into the park and uh you know it was much more restrictive on vendors as far as what they could and couldn't do and you know vendor fees and things like that and to the festival's credit they have made some changes in recent years that uh decentralized the festival a bit they uh, they got rid of the sort of oppressive security force, and they uh, they don't have uh, the same kind of a lockdown on the park like they used to. Although there is still some centralization going on, it's still not a perfectly you know decentralized festival as we've seen with uh, with this year with some you know some of the the controversial decisions that were being made from uh, the the seat of the organizer. But I think you're I think you're coming at it from the right perspective here, Mikey, and that is to try to uh to make things right. It's just I'm curious to know what that would look like. And I guess you're going to find out, right? Like you you're opening channels of communication uh with the new organizer and cuz she had mentioned some sort of restitution. I have no idea what that could possibly uh mean. I mean, if it's if they, it's, they, they I, believe I, I, that Mikey took services from them by being at Porkfest. Oh, that whole yeah, statement? that's the whole thing that Dennis was saying the year before too yeah. about other people. That I, t- I mean, that, that that's just absolutely insane. I mean, I went out of my way to avoid using the porta potties until the uh, the you know the regular facilities were shut shut down, and then mm-hmm. you know it's either that or go in the woods, and I wasn't about to do that. So right. I did a few times use the porta potties and. I mean, the only other possible thing, I know she was a little upset that I was at the back of the soapbox idol thing, and I was invited there by the the host of that. I Other than that, I had no intention of going there, but the host of Soapbox Idol said, like, hey, you should come and do a rant, and I, did. Really? I ended up not doing a rant, but I was at the end. Mm-hmm. That you know, I was at great. the back of the room, and so apparently listening to air is uh, <laughs> is uh, you know, a damage. And well, those are her clear. air vibrations. I mean, you did have a ticket to the porcupine freedom festival they essentially refunded that ticket to you you didn't want them to do that but they did that as part of the whole we're banning you thing um and one of the things that i thought was the right thing to do with the porcupine freedom festival in 2020 i believe it was the first year that they they did this was they essentially it might not might not have been the first year but it was certainly the first year i really kind of took notice of it where they weren't checking people at the the front, you could go uh, on the campground without having some security guy say, "Oh, well, where's your Porkfest pass? You got to have your bracelet on or whatever." You could walk around the campground like Bonnie. You and I, we went up, and we have tickets. Yeah. But uh, we went up on Wednesday, and we went up on Friday. 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Friday that we actually bothered to go to the Porkfest registration booth to get our bracelets. bracelets. In fact, I didn't even know where Only it because, was. Uh, we were just so busy like walking around and you don't need them to get it in, in and out. That's the point I'm trying to make here is like you can be in the camping area without anybody going to check you for that sort of thing. And and this is an issue that the organizers had brought up as sort of this uh, offensive, potentially offensive thing to them. The idea of somebody being in the camping area, paying Rogers to attend uh, for the day without buying their Porkfest ticket. And this idea of theft of services was, uh, you know, was bandied about at that time. And it's just... It's frustrating because it's like, yeah, okay, they did pay for some porta potties to come in, and the other uh, people at the festival, I guess, are sort of on the hook for that to some extent. But I just, it's just so hard to take on that level of offense about somebody just coming and hanging out at the campground. Like it doesn't doesn't bother me at all. If there were ten percent of the Porkfest attendees who didn't have tickets, but they were just hanging out at the campground, and some of them were vending and uh, just making, you know, socializing or whatever, it still makes the event better. You, they don't all have to go down to use the Porkfest facilities uh, down there in the in the field in order for them to enjoy the festival. In fact, I think most people probably don't do that. You know, we didn't go see any. I don't think we saw any speeches when we were there, right, Bonnie? Uh, no, I don't. No, think we didn't so. go to any of the the speeches. So I just yeah, you you can have our um air vibration time, Mikey. <laughs> right past them. Well, right, and that also that's also something you can do, right? Like you could take off a wristband and you could put the wristband on somebody else if mm. if you wanted to, and no one would know the difference. Uh, so I, I hope this this can get worked out for you. But you did mention Forkfest as something that you might want to. Uh, participate in to a greater extent perhaps next year? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see this resolved and not have any sort of schism at all, but a, a lot of people are really angry with about this situation, about the the end of Soapbox Idol, where Jeremy and the that participant got into a shouting match, and I think they were both at fault there, mm. and then the mm. guy was supposedly kicked out, and then the whole handling of the the there was the guy who was assault the vendor who was assaulted with the crystal by oh, God. It's really terrifying. Was ticketed, and there is a rumor going out around related to someone else being threatened with a ban. And I'm trying to get verification of this before you know I make any accusations against uh, anyone that you know someone's being threatened with a ban that may not be accurate. So this is just out of control. And um, well, that's unfortunate. You know, it's a year ahead. I'm I'm not sure what direction I want to go, but I think Forkfest is going to be a lot more amped up next year with a lot more people participating because people are just really unhappy with the way Porkfest is being run. Yeah, it yeah. seems to go that way. And I think it just has to do with, um, I mean, I'm not going to say power per se because you know, the amount of power you have at this event is is pretty limited well, as an organizer. that's how intoxicating but, it is. Yeah. It is a power problem. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that so little power, like, oh, I get to organize Porkfest gets to people's head like that yeah, but it could be it's just the nature of the ring yeah and i, I think, think well, were, uh, well hold on a i i so i do want to i do want to kind of come to the defense of the people in that position to some extent and i i'm not gonna like they're say volunteers. i agree with this they're not forced they're not prisoners yeah i'm not gonna say i fully agree with this i'm just gonna i'll kind of play devil's advocate here to some extent in that these people have different groups they feel like they have to appease 
right? So they are in this unend, which is why I said to Dennis when we interviewed him for four hours, I said, I don't envy your position. It is not an easy thing to do. It is, a, in many cases, a thankless task because of the centralization of the, the sort of the nature of the event. They are they have all these plates up in the air. They have to keep, you know, these different things have to happen, at least from their perspective. And they have these different interest groups that they have to make sure are appeased to some extent, whether those interest groups be the volunteers for the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, whether those interest groups be different people or different groups of people who want to attend the festival and they're upset at some other group, like we talked about with the Body Freedom Village versus some of the ultra, you know, maybe not ultra, but conservative uh, type people that were going to be there. And it's it's not necessarily an easy position to uh, to be in. So I, I will give them that. But I think that is a nature of the centralization of this event. And could the event be as large without that centralization? I don't know. I, I don't know. Forkfest has never even come close uh, to that. The biggest years for Forkfest were the marriage were the wedding years, and we just had one of them this year with uh, Matt and Nikki, our friends and co-hosts, who got married on on Saturday, and they brought in 150 guests. And that brings a lot of numbers uh, to the park, but those aren't people who are really "quote unquote" there for Forkfest. Uh, but it does add numbers, and it does make make it a lot more fun. So certainly, having more people at Forkfest would be great. Uh, but it's been it's been a it's been a challenge because you know it's not it's never really been a big event, and I think that that like vendors don't perceive you know they don't perceive it as being an event at which they can uh, they can make money. Make money, yeah. And so we've never really had any serious. Uh, I would love food to vendors. go up there and do something like I would love to run, and I would just MC karaoke every night and make it very fun like have captain do his bar at my site or something like that well he probably wouldn't want to listen to pop music anyways um i could run a bar Mm -hmm. i don't care but the thing is i don't want to just leave ian alone and the government's not letting him go every year that i've lived here so yeah if, if the government allows ian to go then i would definitely put something on i think uh i could convince a lot of people to do it and with mikey being banned I mean, I at least know of one person that usually goes to Forkfest that didn't go last or this year and did go to Forkfest because he didn't want to support the tyrants. There have been examples. I think one year Matt did um, some cooking and he did very, very well. So like if one person shows up and cooks at Forkfest, then they get all the business. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're the only one, you'll probably uh, do pretty well. But it's like, you know, there's just not enough people, I think, showing up in general to where one person thinks that they can do that or whatever i can't do you know of anyone else mikey that went to pork fest or fork fest this year but not pork fest because of your situation i i'm not aware of anyone who did that but i'm I'm aware there were people and just just in general i i wouldn't know and i suspect there's going to be a lot more next year and it's not you know it's not just me this is this is beyond me and I, i i really hate that this is even about me i i i i just want to be a humble vendor and and stuff but you know right. when injustice comes up you have to stand up for that and this like this thing about theft of services it sounds like something a government would say yeah you know we're providing all these great services to you and you're not paying taxes yep yeah I, you're and, absolutely right about that and that's one of the frustrating things to hear especially when it's coming from a libertarian group that is supposed to be having the most libertarian camping festival out there and i think like, a lot of that stuff seeps into it and it's it, it's one it's thing if Mikey went to to RFK and they paid RFK to be there and speak. It's another thing if Mikey mm-hmm. goes and listens to the people who are not paid to be up there doing rants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like FSP 
it didn't cost anything for from FSP. No, it didn't. For it really Mikey didn't. to sit there. Not if he's standing up in the back, it costs nothing, right? Like he didn't take any seats from somebody else who might have wanted to sit down, who was a paying uh, client or whatever. And you know, it's just I think it's just a difference in philosophy. Uh, when I ran the Keenvention here in Keen, which was a much smaller event, you know, we had maybe 130 people. I think at, at peak Keenvention, um, I always had this. I had a policy to where, yeah, we have tickets. It's a it's an event. We got to pay for the room, right? Like we were at a hotel. It's a, it was a hotel based kind of convention uh, here at the Best Western in Keen. And the tickets were cost. It was low prices I could possibly get them, right? Like, what do we take the the cost of the room and divide it by, uh, you know, whatever, and then make that the the ticket cost essentially. And uh, but that said, I I said, look, if somebody shows up and they can't afford the ticket, we let them in. Because the the main point of Pork Fest and of an event like yours yeah. is to get is to build community. Right. It, we all have a shared mission. I'm not, I wouldn't be here if it was just hanging out with everyone. Mm-hmm. I would not ha- even have been interested if it was, you can finally have friends. I'm sorry that that's the reason some people are here, but it's not the reason I'm, I'm here. Oh, you can finally have friends like, cause you are incapable of being friends with people who aren't libertarians. That's not me. And I don't think that's most people. And, um, the reason that we do pork fest is not just to hang out only it's because people can go to the pavilion and understand, like, hear talks and understand more about what we believe. Doesn't really work when it's RFK or Vivek Ramaswamy up there talking. No. In fact, somebody had said about the RFK thing today. Oh, what was it? They, um, oh, there was a statement apparently that RFK made during his speech about, we live in a democracy. Oh, God, like, yeah. Like you might expect him to say. And somebody's comment, I think it might have been, I don't know if it was Reed Coverdale or, or somebody, but uh, they said, how was it that this guy got on stage at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and wasn't, it said that and was not booed from the audience? Not one like audience negative reaction to that. And the, the suggestion was because the audience wasn't free, wasn't free staters. The yeah, audience would... wasn't libertarians. It was a bunch of outsiders who wanted to go see their favorite po- politician talk yeah. for the most part. Anything else, Mikey? Uh, I I could go on and on. I just uh, <laughs> I just I think we'll just see how it plays out, and I I'd urge everyone to give Constance some space and and not not you know bother not pile on. This. If anything, on talk, you know, if anything, talk to the board because this really goes back to the board at the end of the day, and and you know ask them questions and how they make these decisions and mm-hmm. and stuff like that it's just that is a good point i mean did the board make any decisions here has the board been uh you know have they passed some sort of resolution or whatever i mean they they are supposed to have minutes for their meetings so someone who wanted to could probably uh dig those up and find out and like i've been i've been researching those i've been looking into those to i found information on your band cantwell's band and stuff and it was it was uh, a lot of them are poorly poorly recorded, but there is some records. But mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to do some digging into the the whole FSP operation because there's you have to wonder about a lot of things that would take a whole hour phone call to talk about. But it, this is it's just very interesting and and troubling in a lot of ways. Like what I mean, what what is the purpose of all this? Is it a you know a self governing society or a bunch of people get to have a feudal manor? It's a darn good question. Uh, thank you for the call tonight, Mikey. I appreciate it. I'm sure you'll keep us up to date as things develop or not. And, of course, we'll continue to update you on 
uh, Forkfest, which is going to happen in some form next year. There was there's the annual discussion amongst Forkfest attendees, which again is the alternative, uh, the decentralized alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Happens at the same park, uh, not quite at the same time, usually before or after. But the usual discussion of, well, you know, how'd it go this year? And what should it look like next year? And should it be before? Or should it be after? Should it be before and after? Should it be during? You know, like, so it's hard to know what, you know, Unfortunately, they say. won't allow it to be during anymore because they're... Because they're locking down the park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. We got more coming up here. Thank you, Mikey, for the call. And you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. If you'd like, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It is cryptocurrency designed to be used as an actual spendable thing. You can actually use Dash uh, in real life. In a lot of cases, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, at ForkFest, a lot of the vendors there are willing to accept cryptocurrency. And, of course, one of the ones that historically has been uh, widely accepted is Dash. In fact, Dash was the main sponsor of the Porcupine Freedom Festival in previous years. And that's because of Dash's decentralized autonomous organization that was the world's first, by the way. Dash did it first before it's now a huge thing in the world of crypto. Uh, Dash paved the way on that one, and their Decentralized Autonomous Organization, or their DAO, continues to improve and promote Dash. In fact, every month, 10% of the Dash mining uh, rewards actually don't go to the miners. They go to this treasury, and then the masternodes, the Dash masternodes, which are people that have a large stake in Dash, and they can vote on these uh, treasury proposals— that uh, Dash can be used for different things like upgrading uh, programming, creating you know, all new things, and uh, doing advertising like buying you know, ads here on Free Talk Live, for instance. So uh, it's been very, very successful so far, and Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there. It's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more over at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO, their decentralized autonomous organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. As we continue here, uh, you can bring up anything you want. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, uh, I've been hearing on the news that there's a whole bandit. They're they're out to sue Amazon. A bandit? Well, I mean, there's a whole. In other words, there's a lot of people that want to sue Amazon of, for many over reasons. what? Well, that that's why um, I think one of the reasons is that they have like um, if they sign up for a membership, they make it really hard uh, to cancel out, or it's they're they're very deceptive. They they write the contract where people don't know what they're getting into. Maybe That's I should get in, in on this. Sorry, Sarah, because this happened to me, basically. I uh, got a Kindle, and at first I was in the Kindle Unlimited. And then when I was like switching everything over to different 
credit cards because of the fact that like I changed my last name. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, I was looking over what all, what all I had on all my, well, debit cards. I don't have any credit cards. I thought that I canceled my Kindle Unlimited plan because I was like, oh, I don't really need this. Like, I'll just buy whatever book I want. And it, I'm still getting charged for it. It's like now I got to expend. Yeah, I got to expend time and energy to go figure out what happened. But I thought, I mean, Ian and I sat down together and looked at our finances. And I we thought that we canceled Kindle Unlimited. And, and you were just hit for another okay. charge? Yeah, two more charges Whoa. since then. Wait a minute. So how come Ian is finding out about this now since I brought it up? Uh, just because how, I've how been... With the... okay. Apparently Bonnie didn't tell me. I just I didn't know. tell him. I've just been... I haven't thought about telling him. I don't know. Well, no, you, you, did you know it's all on the news now? And I'm, no. We're not talking about a couple of people. There's a whole bandit. That's what I was talking about. The bandit is a number of people. A bandit? It's such a weird food. word. Um, what I am seeing here in the news, though, is Slate did release a story today. Apparently, the federal government, uh, those thugs, are targeting Amazon, claiming they've, quote, duped millions of consumers, and they no. are targeting them. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, has now sued Amazon as of last week, saying the company tricked people into signing up for its premium service, Prime, and then deliberately made that service hard to cancel. Mm. They say, uh, so that is that right. the news you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's the um, that's the news that I was talking about. But I wanted to link this to what I was, what I wanted to be uh, wanted to bring up was that I was mad because Amazon was the site that black marketed or um, my network company product. So, but be like, oh, I don't have to buy that. I don't have to sign up the membership with you guys. I'm going to go to Amazon. I'm going to go and buy when I want to, how much I want to, and when I want to, because I got wait, Amazon. Wait, wait, wait. It's and not really now, a black market. Just to clarify, you're saying that the, you work for a network marketing company, and you're saying the company you work for's products are wrongfully against, like, essentially against the company's rules being put on Amazon by sellers? That's correct. And that's one of the things that I brought up, is that they're black marketing. They're... Um, um, like you said, they're yeah, that's what they're doing. And I said it takes away the commissions from the people that are marketing it. The we're the one that told them about how good the products work, how natural, whatever, and then they like it, and then now they'll go to Amazon and buy whatever they want without joining a membership with us. Yeah. And now the whole the whole the irony is that now they're locked into a, a membership with Amazon now, and they they won't let them lose. Like I said, they, and now they have to keep paying, and they're they're ha- now they now they have to get sued to you know to get out of the lease that uh, the the contract they signed up with Amazon itself. So the question is, how much is that membership per month to use that service? Amazon? The Prime membership. I don't know if the top of my head. It's I haven't like had Prime 20, for a long time. I think it's like ten bucks or fifteen yeah. or something like that. Well, I mean, that's not bad. And that's why they'll pay twice as much, three times more money for, to get our laundry soap or cleaning products whenever they want to. But if they get something that they don't like, our company cannot guarantee it because it has to be if they document exactly when it was shipped out from our company directly, to, it has a record of it, they'll guarantee the 90 days. But if you buy it from an Amazon mm-hmm. um, marketer, They'll just like, well, it's too bad. I'm, 
Like, well, you lost. Your Are they money, doing so it for the same price? Is the product so, on? They're always a markup. Mm-hmm. Even I if... have no idea. Well, they're doing it for like maybe two, three times the markup, and people are willing to pay it. And the whole thing is, where are they getting these products? Because they, they, you cannot order more than, at the most, 10 bottles of something, 10 bottles of, um, per account, per person. Mm, so yeah, must just be well, what's weird about yeah. it is, though, Sarah, I just think that the thing you work for, the MLM you work for, and all MLMs like that are just a weird type of like model and nobody wants to buy things like that if i had a choice to buy my mascara that i buy every month through someone who told me about it and they get a commission for me buying it and i have to buy it at a certain time a certain way or just going on amazon and buying it when i want to buy it i would choose that way because it's just not convenient and i don't understand why mlms even exist anymore because most people just don't need that they can go on the internet and research themselves and be like oh i found out blah blah blah. oil is good for your hair now i'm going to go on amazon to find the best possible price i just i don't understand mm. i don't think it's a black market i think that people have bought these things and you can resell things on amazon yeah and, um, you can and i don't think melaleuca can do anything about that so i think i think what you're looking at here I'm, i just pulled up one of the products oops i actually i accidentally said the name of the company that you work for sarah uh, the, oh yeah, that's a mistake. But you've, we're you've, not supposed to you've said radio. it on the air. Well, she didn't I'm say it. You okay. have you have said it before on the air. But anyway, yeah, you didn't say it. Um, I, I, I by the way, I do not recommend uh, these products. I don't know if they're any good at all. I, one of the things I do know about network marketing, having been in the business when I was much younger, twenty years ago. Uh, not in this particular company. I was with a different uh, different company. But one of the things I know for sure is that they jack the prices up on these network marketing products. And the reason why they do that is because they have to pay the downline. They have to pay or the upline. They have to pay. So when you buy from Sarah or uh, her roommate or whatever, they get a cut. Their upline gets a cut. Their upline gets a cut. Their upline gets a cut. You know, it's usually like, you know, four or five or six or whatever levels up the the chain, uh, the pyramid, that everybody gets paid. It's not a right? pyramid. Yeah, everybody gets. It is. Absolutely it's a triangle, is. not a pyramid. <laughs> uh, it. Uh, they all get paid, and so all of that that payment has to be built into the cost of the product. Plus, the company itself has to get make money. So, like all of that has to be in that that profit on that product. Yeah. And- um, whenever I worked for one of these MLMs in 2018, um, one of the things that they trained us on was like. If someone asks, why shouldn't I just buy this off Amazon for cheaper? Mm. Make sure you tell them that it could possibly be expired. Well, okay. So here's the thing, though, Bonnie. Right. In this case, it's actually not cheaper on Amazon. So what um, What I think that question might have been regarding was off-brand things that no, weren't. No, no. The, it no, was the actual when, product? Yes. When I worked wow. for It Works, mm-hmm. there were It Works things on Amazon for cheaper. And that was one of the things that kind of woke me up to like, what the heck? Like, this can be bought off Amazon? How could that be? If it's cheaper, that must mean somebody's just trying to clear out what they already have because you yeah, can't... Yeah, maybe somebody quit their job and they're it. just trying yeah. to get rid of it for cheaper. Yeah. But but here's what's actually happening here now with... Uh, like, if you, if you were to want to put these products on Amazon in a continuous way, not where you just have, like, 10 bottles and you want to get rid of it, but where you want to keep selling them... The question on one of these products, you know, you know, you know how to Amazon they get the question and answer yeah. section. Uh, somebody says, "Wow, can't believe this pricing. Why are these products priced so high? You can buy this product from the company for way less." 
Uh, it sells for just $7.47. The price they're charging on Amazon for this product is fifteen ninety nine, And this is for, by the way, a half ounce oh. of some sort of topical gel. Now, you know, this company is going to act like this is the greatest gel known to man. It's worth paying this much. But now they're charging double on the Amazon site than what the already inflated price is on the actual dealer on the actual Seems uh, to make no sense I, I mean if it's just that worth it to somebody to not have to be in some kind of a that's what they're saying like, the here. thing is like you would you might have to pay monthly for your membership to right. b- to have the honor to buy from sarah you might right. have to uh buy a specific amount every month and not just be able to right. buy the one jar of the that's bottle the point that's the point in fact somebody Why? answers somebody answers that here uh, they say that somebody who responds to the question says, if you're a member of the company, you don't just get better pricing. Every month there's a requirement of so many points. Each item has a number of X points assigned. So you have to buy a certain number of their items every month. So if right. all you care about is just that one item, you don't need to buy. What is the number, by the way, Sarah, with this company? How, mu- how much do you uh, have to spend per month? And what is that per dollar? Is it like um, one point per dollar? Well, it's like maybe for one dollar, one point, it comes out to be about dollar eighty, around about dollar fifty, dollar two dollars, like around. Oh, so it's about two dollars. So you're talking about a seventy. It's seventy dollar commitment. Then you got to you got to order in at seventy dollars a month in order to stay into this shipping and handle uh, shipping and tax plus shipping and tax. Fifteen dollars, maybe ten dollars. Well, Sarah, so you're in for a hundred. Question: Do you have to pay the? Do you or Richard have to pay monthly in order to continue being sellers? Almost certainly. No, we're we're not sellers. We hook them up with a company. We don't deliver. We don't have a middleman. Like you guys, I'll hook you up. We could enroll you over the computer where, and then you just order what you're. Yeah, but you guys, Richard earns a fee. For everybody that no, you a, a hook up, a percentage of what you order. Yes, but I'm asking a different yes. question. Wait, I'm asking a different question than what you guys are talking about, Sarah. Do you have to pay the company in order to do your job? Well, the whole thing is that I just okay. I'm a customer, okay, and I'm for another customer. I'm a customer. I'm just I just order 35 points of what I'm going to yes, do the for answer me is and my yes. family. The and answer Sarah, is yes. The answer is if Sarah does so not, not order really the 35 points. What happens if you don't order the 35 points? Well, um, if you don't order it, you, you're going to get a backup order until like three months and your account gets canceled out automatically. Okay. So then you wouldn't be able to keep uh, recommending people? Correct. That's what you, you wind up um, canceling out. I just write a letter and I fax it in. I tell them I want to cancel out. And then they yeah. close you up by the end of the month. Man, well, that's really sad, Sarah. Honestly, it makes me sad. They're t- they're basically taking money from you. You could get this. You could if you know the ingredients that are in these things, you could just buy it in bulk on Amazon yourself. You wouldn't have to be doing all this work. You wouldn't have to be giving them labor and also buying seventy dollars worth of stuff a month that you probably don't need. Thank you for the call well, tonight, you Sarah. Buy Good from luck. Amazon, huh? then, then they lock you into a membership fee, and then everybody has to sue them. No, you don't no, have to. No, you don't no, have to. No. You don't have to have Amazon Prime to yeah, shop on Amazon. That's the thing. You don't have to. They do push it. I mean, they definitely do push Amazon Prime on their their customers, but it's not an obligation. You also just don't have to shop on Amazon. You can buy yep, a laundry soap from Dollar General. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. I appreciate it.
Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So this company is no better than the FBI preying on that retarded boy in um, Massachusetts to groom him into becoming a... Which company? Sarah's company. Oh, okay. We're preying on people like Sarah and Richard. Mm-hmm. Those people need a charge of scamming old people. Mm. There have been uh, network marketing companies that have been... Uh, charged by the federal government for various different scams and things like that. But it hasn't made them go away. Yeah. The, uh, in a lot of cases, the very same executives from the companies who were being charged and prosecuted or whatever civil cases brought by the FTC and others in the federal government gang, they just close up shop and they move on to the next one. Yeah, I guess I'll take it back. I don't really believe that they should get charged for tricking people. I just think that people need to educate people. It makes me sad to see this happening to Sarah just because she somebody could sit down with her and tell her, look, you want lavender um, dishwashing soap? Look, here's a, pro- a company selling it for $8, not like 20 Here, Sarah, look at all this uh, if you look at this, if you, you know, cut this part out, this part out, you're paying like 20 bucks a month for your dish soap or whatever mm-hmm. it is she said she buys for her family. And look, you can co- go get something with the same ingredients here by one time or whenever you actually need it. I mean, it's just like. But the propaganda from these companies is always that their ingredients are the best yeah. in the world and it's worth it for the extra money. It's definitely and, what Young Living does. They're like, we yeah. have the best mm-hmm. lavender fields in Utah. Yeah, good luck. I bet you if you took whatever that, what is it, the essential oil, yeah. essentially? If you took the essential oil from that company and you put it next to like the, the cheap version from Amazon and you did a blind uh, test, I bet you it wouldn't. I bet you it wouldn't pass. Yep, probably not. Well, uh, the, the the other thing is just the way that they get people into it. They're just so dishonest with what... Like, I don't think the company can get sued for this because the they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. The, their people are doing it. Like The associates when I call them. started working for It Works, mm-hmm. it's actually an extremely sad story. I just wasn't making enough money. I couldn't really save because I had a a house I was renting... On uh, the military base I lived at, which was expensive, 21. Mm -hmm. That's about, I got in, I think, when I was 19. And um, so I was like not making enough money. I made a like vision board and I was like, I just need, I can't see a way that I get a second job or a second form of income. I'm just going to hope that the universe like puts it in front of me and helps me out. Mm. I made a vision board that said second job among other things on Mm -hmm. it. And the next day, this lady that lived on the military base that I lived on messaged me on Facebook. I think that you would be a great fit to work with me on my company Mm -hmm. for my company. And I was like, well, her company, uh, like she runs a company. And then like eventually found out it wasn't really her company, but I was still a little like, Oh, well, you know, this does sound like a good idea. I guess she meant her company. My independent like, distributorship with blah, blah, blah company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, uh, after like a couple and of months. you can do it too. You can set your own hours. Oh God. They were taking so much of my time and they were trying to make me not be posting anti-cop stuff on my Facebook. <laughs> so that was actually like the last straw among many straws. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long were you in it for? Like two months. Mm. I, I 
either broke even or lost like 10 bucks. You're smarter than me. Because mm. I was in mine for a couple of years. One of my friends helped me a lot because I was talking about it to him, and he was just like, "What is the mechanism that makes your stomach uh, shrink when you put the wrap on it? Because it works." <laughs> has a oh god, and I was like, a body wrap or whatever. Yeah, I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, let me figure it out for you." And when I talked to my upline, and she couldn't explain it Uh-oh. to me, and I started telling my friend about it, I Listen, was like, "You just have to believe." I was just like, "Well, I think it's like this," but and he was like, "What did she tell you?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "She." doesn't seem to know and it just made me it made it there you and i started googling and there's just no Mm. answer they don't there's not some like i thought oh let me just google that and i'll tell i'll get back to you on Mm. what it is there was no answer i I was just putting essential oils on i mean like i wasn't doing it often i just i did it once to try it out and i kind of convinced myself probably placebo effect that it worked people will put this on like the night before their wedding to like have a snatched belly instead of just working out and eating I right. Would like to recommend it. And the nice thing is, when you got into it, you could Google, right? Like when I got into it, it was hmm. the late 1990s, and I don't think Google existed yet. The internet existed, but it certainly didn't have the level of content that that it does today. And there's a really great website called BehindMLM.com. I always like to bring it up when MLM comes up: multi-level marketing, network marketing. Uh, BehindMLM.com. This is the site is how I learned about how these scammers, ultimately, some of these people uh, who set up these companies, they get taken down, something get, they get sued or whatever, and then they just roll up another company. They start up over mm. all over again with a different name and a different set of products or even a similar set of products or whatever. And they just Why do go. people find it impossible to be actually productive? I don't get it. Well, this produces for the people who who start these companies. I mean, these companies are you know multi million dollar, if not billion dollar companies. In the case of like Amway, for instance, which has historically been like the top one in the United States. But behindmlm.com is so great; they really need to add a search to this website. So if you you have to search it through like just doing a uh, Google on it, and you can look for the name of the company that you want. Like if you know how to do like a site search on Google. Uh, or just search for behind MLM and then the company name that you are researching. Like if your friend is coming to you and saying, hey, you should join my, my company. Well, just put it into behind MLM. And these are like really well-researched articles on companies that many of them are just straight up scams. They'll tell you if they're just a straight up scam. Just to be clear, MLM itself isn't necessarily a scam. It's just kind of scammy. Like the way the business is set up, it's very culty mm. in many ways, uh, very very culty in in many ways. Like the, to the point where some of them will tell you, "Hey, look, if your friends and family don't want to join the company, you they're not your friends and family, <laughs> and you you need to like cut them off." Well, one time, uh, oh my god, I think I've told this on the air before, but one time the lady that was like my upline, I actually never met her. She mm-hmm. lived in like North Carolina. Well, I met the one that got me into it, but her yeah. cousin that got her into it was like the the lead of our the gold group level or whatever. or whatever. And, um, she would like call me multiple times a week. Like we had like little meetings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one day she told me like, who's like the most important person. Think of the most important person to you in your life. And at the time I thought my little sister, Elsbeth, who was mm-hmm. like my best friend. she was like, imagine if Elsbeth was going to die. If you didn't sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of product, <laughs> wouldn't you do everything to make sure that happened? And wow. I was like, well, yeah. And she was like, that's the kind of uh, attitude you need to have about it all the time. Yeah, that seems a little manipulative. Uh, she was a little <laughs> manipulative. 
That is just wild. But yeah, that is absolutely what I would expect to hear from somebody like that in uh, in multi-level marketing. Very culty. And again, it's not to say they don't have some some good products. It's not to say that. It's just they tend to be overpriced. It's not to say that their products aren't the best. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know. It's very rare that any kind of independent studies are done on these things, right? Like the companies themselves love to tout their products as the best, but how do you really know that? And even if they are the best, are they worth twice as much? Is the second best worth, you know, is the number one best twice as good? If it's twice the price or four times the price, is it four times as good? Highly doubtful. Uh, so we're going to continue here and you, you know can share your thoughts. You know what the worst MLL, MLM is out of all of them? Oh, that's going to be a tough title to give. The military. Mm, do they give got recruiters? Funds? You got a hierarchy. Yeah. You got a cult. I don't think it's the same thing. It's not really MLM. I mean, it's definitely culty. <laughs> Uh, but there's only one level, right? The recruiters are the ones that recruit, and that's it. There's not like, they're not getting a bonus a for getting people on. Them. Probably not. There's not three levels of recruiters above them who are all getting bonuses on the, the recruits. Uh, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You know, since Sarah did bring up this uh, Amazon story, I mean, it is kind of interesting. I think we should talk about it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, coming up here, they, you know, did they make it too difficult to cancel the Prime membership? And should the government do something about it? Because they're suing them. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Kicking off the third hour of the program here. As always, you're invited. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 6160. It's Ian and Bonnie here in the studio. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. But Sarah called in last hour. She actually brought up an interesting story. Uh, and that is that the uh, Amazon is being targeted by the Federal Trade Commission, the federal government's uh, agency of thugs that goes after businesses for different things. And they're saying the company, Amazon, tricked people into signing up for Prime. And then deliberately made that service hard to cancel. So we're going to look into the allegations there here in a little bit. Uh, but first, we go to the phones. We got uh, Renee calling us from Louisiana. Go ahead, Renee. Okay, can I change the subject? Yes, it's Free Talk Live. You can always change the subject. Go ahead, sir. Well, uh, I want to get on the sensitivity of that submarine getting imploded in the ocean. The sensitivity of it? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was people that were happy because some of the people were rich and uh you know and then some people were upset because what these people put on the uh the media which is very ugly and mean uh i've got different angles of looking at it okay tell me about it well one of the angle is uh you know they're rich they're doing what government used to do they Exploring, you know, I, I hope they could do it safely. I want them to come back. I want to see what they found out. Like they got a, that Avatar guy, he went. He went do something that traditionally the government does, but they're running out of money, misspending money. So it's nice when the private sector and uh, adventurous and people go do what used to be done by government or, or companies. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the cowboy days, the uh, 
the fur trapping days, you know, because that way we get more store, a bigger store of information and uh, knowledge. Yeah. The other angle, the other angle is, uh, you know, one guy was a military guy, the others are rich. I mean, it's not necessary, you know. Uh, it's uh, like the group that dislike these rich people. How would they have felt? Because they're they're. Their particular flavor group of people, for the most part, how would they have felt if George Soros or the BlackRock guy got imploded in a submarine? Would they feel just as good? That's some rich people there, too, you know. Or would they feel better if, uh, you know, poor guy was in there? You know, would they pick and choose who they, you know. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I think it's pretty sick to, like, feel good. Uh, about somebody yeah. dying, uh, at least in this case, it seems like it was it was probably instantaneous was uh, was their death. So they probably didn't even feel anything, according to what uh, what I read, and I think Bonnie saw something similar that uh, the at the pressure, the ocean pressure that they were uh, that that was under the uh, the implosion would have happened so quickly that the human body would not have even been able to notice it. Like there's a certain number of milliseconds, I think it was like 25 milliseconds or something like that, that uh, that humans are that they require in order to even detect that something has happened. And this would have happened in like a millisecond or something like that. It was much faster than the human's body's ability to respond yet, let alone like feel pain or something like that. Uh, so, you know, th- that's the good news here. If there's any good news is that it was over very quickly for them, but to, but to revel in the death of somebody else and, uh, regardless of what their income level is, is, uh, is pretty sick. My, 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 my take is, uh, you know, there's like, again, different angles. There's the, uh, slightly socialist flavor group of our people that are happy, which they shouldn't be happy for anybody. There's. There, there, there's angry people with, there are rich people that make a bunch of money and, and you know, like what is, you can't, how that, how that just say that you can't legislate morality, but you know, this, this brings some, this brings something different in itself because in the core belief of working class people, there's a resentment of the people producing the money because they don't pay enough while they're producing the money. I mean, how much is enough to pay a worker? We try to do a wage. Well, the way we figure it out is by market competition. But if so. you accept the job, it must be enough. Right. Uh, and that's that's the idea. I, I worked in a hot sauce plant, and I could swear the money this guy made, he could have paid his workers a lot more. I so mean, quit you don't your really job. know that. Are you are you looking at his books? Do you have make enough? Do you have enough knowledge well, of you know accounting to go look at his books and figure that out? Or are you just saying that? Well, I, I I make rough calculations of how many bottles is produced, and at half price being sent to the store, how much more they can make. I, I'm I'm almost positive. Anyhow, the recipes they have to make the hot sauce with. I'm almost positive this man's making a lot more money. Then he could be paying. He could have a his new car every so year. So like ask for a raise. Buy. Yeah, ask for a raise. Go yeah, make your own it. hot sauce uh, company. I, I don't work there anymore. I got me a raise. I got me a better job. The Perfect. American dream. I left there. I, I left them people. Perfect. Then that's the way you handle it. I mean, that's how that's how well, wages that's are determined in the marketplace, uh, Renee. Is it's through competition. 
the uh, the company owner obviously wants to pay as little as possible, and the employee wants to get as much as possible, and they have to somehow meet in the middle uh, there at a level that both of them find to be acceptable until you find that it's not acceptable and then you want more and they don't want to pay you more. So you walk away. Uh, and as Bonnie suggested, you could always start your own company. There's plenty of uh, boutique uh, hot sauce providers out there. You and I, uh, Bonnie, we were just at some uh, store here locally. And we Hobby found, Lobby. Yeah, we found uh, a, a Everyone hot in Keene should was, go to the Hobby Lobby and support the Hobby Lobby. I don't know how many Keene listeners we have, but uh, I, I suspect that company exists elsewhere. But it's... Uh, yeah, yeah they I don't have care this... about the company elsewhere. I'm saying there are people oh, in Keene... Hobby Lobby here. Yeah, there oh, you go. Okay. Well, anyways, there are people in Keene that want to make the the Hobby Lobby fail, and that pisses me off just because... Just because they're religious? They're religious or whatever. Mm. It pisses me off because I love Hobby Lobby, and if it fails because people of Keene are too stupid to realize what they have, we don't have a crappy half-size Joann's anymore. We have a full-size Hobby Lobby, and if, you're, if you don't want to... Uh, <laughs> Support it because you something something birth control something something Christianity. Then you're dumb, well, that's and I'm going to shop Every there three times as much. Does crappy things. Thanks for the call tonight, Renee. I appreciate it. Every corporation has things that there's wrong with it. Right? I don't like, think that they did anything that crappy. What they did was they said, with our employees, we are choosing not to provide birth control as a part of our. Um, health plan mm-hmm. and they just don't want to be paying for that because they don't believe in birth control okay the people who work there can work somewhere else it's not like i can't possibly get another job paying 12 dollars an right. hour to sit at the front desk and check people out yeah buy your own birth control whatever yeah, work somewhere else and buy your own birth control get uh health insurance through something else some something other than the job uh, let's see. So I don't yeah, think we they found did this wrong. company. There was this uh, hot sauce that was there for like half off, and we bought the hot sauce, and it was fine. It isn't the best hot sauce in the world, but you know, it's one of those boutique hot sauce makers where they're making. I think they call it small batch, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're not a mega corporation. They're just a small family owned hot sauce maker with a handful of uh, of employees, but they managed to make it work. You know, and I don't know what it cost them to start that business, but they uh, they got distributed by Hobby Lobby, right? So good good for them. Uh, let's continue here with Ricky in Pennsylvania. But, of course, the, the average person doesn't have the entrepreneurial mentality. The uh, average person has the give-me-a-job mentality. And most of those people will never step out from that that particular viewpoint. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, brother. Ian, Miss Bonnie, good evening. Well, you know, I've been listening to Sarah's call since I came back upwards of six months ago now. I'm going to talk a little bit about her in the end, but before that, I'm going to talk something about these companies. Now, you did mention Amway. Now, that's a company, of course, me being my age, I'm very familiar with. Yeah, they renamed themselves, I don't know, like two decades ago when they embraced the internet, too. I think it was Quickstar or Kickstar or something like that. Uh, I didn't even notice, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, they're still Amway, though. (laughs) Is Amway uh, like potions that are supposed to give you energy? Like they that. have that, I think. I've never been in Amway, but uh, they're sort of like no, no, notorious as the most uh, successful U.S.-based um, network marketing company. So they've got lotions and potions and soaps yeah. and like a whole bunch of different stuff. I think that's the one that my friend's well, mom sold in high school. Good chance of it. They, they, they have this, well, we're gonna, uh, they we're have this right. one mixture oh, that right. uh, they say works better than Adderall to give you energy. And I tried it. It did nothing yeah, right. to me. <laughs> All right, but anyways, the word the most important things go to the important things. 
Excuse me. Go ahead, Ricky. The word you were looking for is pyramid scheme. Now I'm going to point mm-hmm. some other ones. I mean, we out. used that word. I didn't hear it. We did, but go ahead. You said scam. I didn't hear pyramid scheme. Anyway, go ahead. What anyway, were you calling about? Go ahead. Well, I'm going to name two more famous examples. Uh, one of them actually had some decent stuff. One of them didn't. And I wanted to say a little something about Sarah Self. Now, this one, Bonnie will remember. The second one, she probably won't. Now, another famous example, and this is almost identical to the stuff that Sarah's been pushing, and that's Avon. And all their stuff was crap. I mean, really? and, and it's not crap. Model- Avon's nice. Avon has nice makeup. Yeah. It's, it's dumb to ever <laughs> buy something from a company that makes you have to buy it in that stupid fashion. And I don't think that it's going to yeah, live on problem- forever. What about their model, Bonnie? Do That's you what know I'm saying. That's what I just said. I think it's dumb to buy something from a company that has that model, but that doesn't mean their stuff is crap. Their makeup remover is like famously good, like eye makeup remover. Their lotions and stuff like that are nice. Their perfumes are nice. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier is a lot of the network marketing companies, they've got good products. It's just they charge way too much for them. Well, that's where the second example comes in. And this may be be before Bonnie's time. Now, I know my mother was into it, and I remember as a kid, my old man put a stop to it. And this was really notorious with that model. And they actually did have neat items that they came out with that were really cool. But their model sucked, and nobody made money. It would cost you money big time to be part of it, and you Mm -hmm. never make money. And that's Tupperware. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody Everybody's heard of that. Tupperware. And they had some neat stuff. They did. You know, they did. The yeah, that, that that's what the, the old saying was the Tupperware party. This is kind of what started oh, the... It was brutal. It was brutal. And, and it was a whole... It was like a little world unto itself. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the, the uh, this is the culty thing. aspect. Okay, so the the whole world unto itself. This is the the cult aspect of right. uh, the network marketing. Tupperware was huge in the seventies and the eighties, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, and then what ended up happening was what the network marketing companies always said to their distributors that you weren't allowed to do. There's a, there's a whole rule book. Whenever you join a network marketing company, you may remember this, Bonnie, from uh, the one that you were in, where they'll tell you the things you're not allowed to do as a distributor. And, and there are some that, that will make exception to this, but generally they will tell you you're not allowed to advertise your business. You're not allowed to sell the products in your store. If you have like a, a oh, let's yeah, say you yeah. happen to have your own store in whatever town you you live in, you're not allowed and to sell the products. And that's where I'm going with this, Ian, yeah. in the end. See, I've listened to these calls. I listen every night, you know, and I memorize everything I hear generally. Now, some things I've been hearing. Now, Sarah, not talking about travel like cameras. She's talking about her marketing stuff. Now, you did warn her at a point, but what's interesting is, she pointed out that the owner of the company's a Mormon. Then I remember she was talking to the captain the one night. She said, Con Richard ended up giving $500 to buy a prayer. But now she's now talking about going into Mormonism and talking into it all. Now, the question is, how much of this is her just being involved in Mormonism because of this company or more to just be involved kind of pushing the marketing. I don't know. That is, a, that is an interesting question. I didn't make the connection. I didn't remember the detail. Well, th- thank you, Ricky, for that. And thank you for the call tonight. No I, I appreciate it. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't make that connection. I didn't recall that the owner of the company that Sarah is working for, without saying she's working for it, hmm. uh, is apparently a Mormon. And now all of a sudden, I, Sarah's interested in it's- that. Weird, though, because, I mean, she does have other reasons to be interested in it. Like, she's already been interested in Christianity, even though I think she said she doesn't consider herself a Christian. But she She's been to a Christian church before. Goes to Christian churches mm-hmm. in her town, and she also listens to Joyce Myers on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also has dipped her toes into other religions. So it's not really surprising to me that she would be like, no. oh, these people I know are Mormons, and now I'm interested in it, too. Uh... She's not someone who's like... I don't know. What, what, but I was actually interested and forgot to ask Ricky what he meant. What does he mean that Richard paid $500 for a prayer? I don't know. I don't Is remember that a Mormon that. thing? I don't remember that call, so I can't I can't speak to that. Well, he said it was on Captain's Night, so... Ah, uh, that would be why. All right. So Sarah did call in about an interesting issue, which is this Federal Trade Commission lawsuit against Amazon. They're saying that the company tricked people into signing up for Prime and then made it hard to cancel. And Bonnie, you had an experience with an Amazon product with a Kindle where you're still having trouble apparently canceling the service that you had, the automatic re, you know, re-up will give you more credits and Kindle each unlimited. month. Yeah, per, uh, per month service. And uh, do do you think that you need the government to help you here, Bonnie? Because- no, I think I need to just call customer service. I was already kind of like, okay, when, when we canceled it, I was like, I canceled it, right? It wasn't... Like, I was sure that mm-hmm. I did, but I was still kind of like, what the, when it came back on, it, it made it very confusing. There wasn't just a big red button that says, cancel your subscription. I mean, right. there's probably lots of people who seriously can't lose this next $10, and they thought they canceled it, and then they, what do you know, next month it comes out anyway. They got to call the company and like ask them to give the $10 back because they didn't mean to do that, and hopefully they'll do it. Yeah, it's I don't sad. know. Uh, Prime, according to the story here, this is uh, Slate.com. They asked a little bit about what this is about. What is the the lawsuit essentially based on? And they mentioned the price here, $139 service. That's for the year, I think. It gets you access to all of Amazon streaming and music and the fast shipping the for the free, what, two-day, I think? Shipping that uh, the suit, or at least it was. I don't know if it still is. The suit alleges that Amazon makes it super difficult to cancel. It takes somewhere between six or seven clicks. You have to find where on the website. My favorite detail, actually, says the author, is that internally at Amazon, they refer to it as the Iliad process, referring to Homer's Iliad, the epic poem about the Trojan War, because apparently it is just as epic to try and cancel Prime. Hmm, That's a, I don't know, that's a long-winded explanation for like a, this joke we say all the time. (laughs) Dark patterns are apparently discussed in the suit. What are they? Well, they say there are ways the companies design their interfaces to nudge you in the way they want. When you're going through and clicking on something, it might say, are you really sure you don't want to add this other thing to your cart? Or maybe you'd like this upgrade to faster shipping. The suit said that Amazon is constantly nudging people into Prime because it knows that once you're in Prime, you're not very likely to cancel. Well, one of the reasons for that is probably because people really like it. If yeah. you're if you're an Amazon, look, I don't own stock in Amazon, okay, but obviously they're very popular. I've made many purchases there over over the years, uh, despite whatever issues they they may have, uh, because it, it's convenient. You know, people buy on Amazon, and it's not always cheaper. Okay, but it is uh, it is convenient. You still should price around. You still should look for uh, for other it, it, options. It's, 
cheapest most of the time, but you're right that sometimes yeah, you always. can look around and find out that's not. We got Valentina for yeah. like half the price uh, somewhere else. It, it's shocking too because this never happens. This wasn't just, oh, we got Valentina for half the price at Walmart.com. No, it was a small, not chain store in right. San Antonio that shipped to us for cheaper than, I'm just like rambling about this because it's weird. Usually Amazon would have a much cheaper price than that. And it was awesome. <laughs> I love Valentina hot sauce. Anyway, uh, so the reason why they, people don't cancel isn't necessarily because it's difficult, but because they're probably happy with the service. They get the music, they get the you know the other bonuses, and they get free shipping. And so it's like it adds up. You know, if you buy enough stuff from Amazon in one year and you're paying shipping a lot, then it'll pay for itself. So they say Amazon knows that once it gets you, it gets to keep you. They also know that Prime users are much more likely to do a lot of their spending on Amazon. That's true. I think that's absolutely true because people, in their mind, they think, well, I got free shipping, so even if it costs a little bit more, it's still worth buying, right? Because you're not having to pay the shipping cost there. Uh, Amazon says Prime users buy about double the amount of stuff that non-Prime users do. And again, that's they're choosing to do that, right? Like That doesn't mean they're getting ripped off. It means that they feel like they're taking advantage of a, a, a good deal. They're getting this this prime thing. Uh, so let's see. On the one hand, it might seem strange to bring a lawsuit if, as Amazon says, the vast majority like prime and keep it. But on the other hand, the FTC is taking close aim at businesses offering subscriptions that are easy to get into and tough to get out of. What other steps has the agency taken in this direction? The difficult to t- uh, cancel thing has been a main focus of the FTC under its current chairman lina khan or boss or whatever boss man uh they have brought a bunch of cases against other companies that make it hard to cancel as well are are these people going to say that they actually called customer service and couldn't cancel though because i'm sure that's what i have to do for kindle unlimited Mm -hmm. it's just that it sucks like i don't like calling customer service waiting all day and then finally figuring it out but yeah but at the same time if you could cancel if you were a little less lazy like me I don't think the government should be able to take money from them. They proposed a rule earlier this year. They want companies to make it as easy for consumers to cancel a subscription as it is for them to sign up. If it takes you one click to sign up for something, it should only take you one click to cancel it. That's stupid. So with Prime, even though about 90% of people stay, the FTC is, quote, looking out for those 10% of people who do want to cancel, uh, unquote. So this is obviously a pro-government website. Slate.com loves themselves the state. It's not like I I love corporations, but I mean, have a little self-responsibility. Right. When I said I was going to get in on this uh, lawsuit, I was joking. But I do see where people are coming from that it's hard and confusing to cancel these things. I Mine wasn't with Prime. In fact... Since I canceled Prime like a year ago, I don't remember any issue canceling Prime. If it's just that it takes eight clicks. Oh, six to seven clicks, you poor, poor thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. In in the Amazon Kindle thing, it's so confusing because it goes back and forth. Anytime you want to buy a book from Kindle, even it goes back and forth between like you can do this on the on the Amazon app on your phone. Oh no, no, you can't do this function on the Amazon app on your phone. You gotta do it Mm. on your Kindle and back and forth. That sounds annoying. And uh, there's something like that going on with it where I was like, pretty sure I canceled it, but I also kind of thought seemed kind of weird, mm. but I, I was pretty sure I canceled didn't it. Didn't feel right. Yeah, just something yeah. didn't feel right, even though I was pretty sure I canceled it, and I didn't, apparently. Yeah, I, 
I uh, I understand the appeal of what they're saying here, but I also understand why a company would want to retain your business. And so, like, it's not just online things. It's everything that is a subscription. If you try to cancel your cell phone service, if you try to cancel your cable service. I just remembered something. Uh, whenever, I, whenever I tried to cancel Amazon Prime last mm-hmm. and I didn't the first time, it was annoying. It went through. I got the one-year charge, which is like, I don't know, 60 bucks or something. I called them and said, like, hey, I thought I canceled this, and they gave me my money back. So if if this is the case that it is hard, and then they'll give you your money back, you have no case. If you That's can call point. customer service and say, hey, give me my money back. You have to make think about it, right? Yeah. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. You can share your thoughts. Maybe you want to share your cancellation story. Was it a nightmare? This is Free Talk Live. Talk live. The phones are open. Uh, if you want to join us here, the number is 603 That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime. We do have our own social media platform over at social.freetalklive.com. And you can interact there with other Free Talk Live hosts as well as some of the, uh, the listeners to the show and other people that maybe don't know a whole lot about us. Uh, the server is an open server. However, we do ask for a quick uh, statement about why you want to join when you join. That way we can trap the spammers and keep them out. Uh, so head over there to social.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up. Ian and Bonnie here in the studio tonight. And let's go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Uh, we've been talking about the Amazon. Uh, there's a suit. The FTC, the federal gang, is suing Amazon over supposedly deceptive practices. Uh, but is that really true? Go ahead, Tim. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? I would like to cancel my subscription, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to cancel my subscription with the government. Oh, oh yeah. Wouldn't great. that be nice? Yeah, you know uh, so, what? That's you're making a good point because, like, the, if the government goes after Amazon for this, that's kind of the pot calling the kettle black, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's funny how the federal government doesn't know how much how much money they spent. The six billion dollars uh, they they made an accounting. Oh yeah, error. the accounting error that is going to allow them to send another six billion dollars over to Ukraine and the government there. Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah. every year, they they know how much money we owe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get it wrong, uh, whatever that number is, then you get to go to prison. Yeah, I think you make a great point here tonight, Tim, and it's well taken that good luck canceling the government, right? Like, oh, well, yeah, you you can't do that. You've got to vote, and you've got to vote harder, and you've got to work at organizing and try to change the system from the inside. Whereas these other companies, if you don't want to deal with them, you just stop doing business with them. You walk away from it. You never go through their doors ever again. You don't have an obligation uh, to use their services. But with the government, if you don't use their, if you don't pay for their services, whether you use them or not, they will kill you. Thanks yep. for the call tonight, Tim. Great point. Really appreciate it. Let's talk to Mr. Butt. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Dr. Butt. Dr. Butt now. Okay, that's an improvement. What, what'd you call me? 
How, how do you get? Do, do you, you get, have uh, to say maybe, it every time? But call yeah. doctor. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. do. Do you have to say? Do you have to say Mister Butt every time? No, you got called Doctor Butt. You, you but you got an upgrade. It, well, I'm, I'm also I am a doctor. They're very good, Bonnie. Thank you very much. But I I go by my rank, major, ma- major pain in the in the butt. Nah, major that's butt. Too many words. Major butt. Except, okay. Except, that's fine. I'll except, take that except one. I, I have. I have I have once again transitioned. I'm now uh, a major beta male in the butt. I don't think going from a, a normal male to a beta male is a transition. <laughs> well, I guess it well, is a type it, of transition. You're right. It it, it it is. It is. It is. Do you become so a beta are, male or were you born a beta male? Both. I, I was I was born a beta male and I and I also became one. So okay. Anyway, why would you why would you do that? Like why would you want to want to be a beta male? I I don't know. I I don't I don't think that maybe people want to be a beta male. So anyway, I w- uh, in a future date I will tell you how I spent and I and I actually I'm going to file an FTC complaint and a federal lawsuit if I have to uh, Verizon. I spent 14 hours over the course of seven phone calls with Verizon and they remedied absolutely nothing that mm. that they said that they would remedy. But uh, what I was calling about is... Were you trying what, to cancel uh, your service? Well, he told service? us about this before, yeah. Sucks. No, no, no. It's a, it's a whole bunch of intricate things, and I'll give you the, the bullet points another time because it's uh, I don't want to do it now. What I want to talk about now is what I, I called uh, two, two nights ago. Uh, uh, you and Arya didn't let me get to the question of law that I have about your court case. And then last night you blocked me, Ian. You blocked me. I called, I called, I called, and you blocked me. So No, I, I don't think you got blocked. That. You just didn't get in. What were you going to say? Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. When I was on hold for a total of like uh, an hour and a half, I didn't get in. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so question of about your court case is uh, now uh, you, I, I, we can't really answer the answer it in your case, Ian, because your sentencing hasn't come. But Aria's sentencing did. And there was a monetary aspect. I believe the fine was $5,000. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Did And what I didn't, I didn't remember hearing anything about it. And normally the government like tries to seize all your assets. And I know they did seize assets that you had uh, in your possession when they raided your house illegally. But did they mm-hmm. seize assets from Aria? Uh, I, I think they ended up with some Bitcoin from her. Maybe like some gold backs. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, they took stuff uh, from her house, but they that? have returned her computer. Uh, they've returned some of the things that they took that didn't have anything to do with, you know, uh, the sales of Bitcoin. And then they did seize, I believe, some amount of Bitcoin. It's in the government paperwork. Well, well, it's in the government paperwork. How much is it? I don't recall. Yeah, I, I just honestly don't remember. I think it was a couple Bitcoin or something like that. A, a couple Bitcoin. So, okay. Because uh, um, they didn't return it. And that's in. in and, no, I believe they're. Uh, uh, they're for, that I believe Aria has forfeited that Bitcoin at this point. Okay. That's what I was wondering is if, if there was, uh, aside from the fine, if there was a loss of assets uh, in addition to the fine, which in itself is like another fine. Oh, yeah. Yes. I actually yes. do remember for sure that there is because she was talking on there about how she gave them the password instead of like having to make them make her. Yeah, I think she thought it would, you know, go easy. They'd go easier on her if, uh, if she just, you know, let them into uh, to her wallet or something like that. So, yes, they had, that is the answer. Oh, okay. And so there was so that was several Bitcoin. So it's a loss of whatever the value of a Bitcoin is. It's right now, that's about uh, $30,000 per coin. So if it was a couple of them, then you're talking sixty grand. 
Right. Okay. And is there, uh, uh, I mean, we all know that the, that'll never come back, but was there any official talk in on the record in the courts about the return of assets? Uh, as I said, she did get a couple things back. I know she got back a computer this week and something else. Uh, I think she, they had like one of her video game consoles. Or I like think a she, Wii. I think she got that back. Uh, so yeah, she not, did get some. But not monetary assets. No, of course not. They're going to try to seize anything monetary. And then if you, when the government, what happens as I understand it is when the government takes your stuff, uh, they will then say, this is all the result of the criminal activity. And if you want to challenge that, you got to file a separate lawsuit basically to argue that no, it was not in point of fact, the uh, related to a criminal activity it is it existed before that or whatever you would argue in in that case and Arya did not uh challenge that in that way so that means they get to take everything got it yep thanks for the call That's tonight my- all right so uh, the number here is 603-283-6160 we were talking earlier in the show tonight about ai artificial intelligence and apparently now an open source model that has resulted in somebody uh, creating a sex robot of some sort. And uh, this story here from the Washington Post, the uh, open source, this is one of these text chats, right? So, like, we're not talking about, even though they have now AI art that can generate, like, naked people that don't actually exist, uh, and that's actually a, a whole other story. This is about being able to have a discussion with this online thing so it's called ali uh that's the name of it Uh, purports to be 18 years old with long brown hair and quote-unquote tons of sexual experience she lives for attention and she'll share details of her escapades apparently for free ali's creator who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of harming his professional reputation said commercial chatbots such as replica and chat gpt are heavily censored and can't offer the type of sexual conversations that he desires. With open-source alternatives, many based on Meta's Llama model, the man said he can build his own uninhibited conversation partners. He said it's rare to have the opportunity to experiment with state-of-the-art in any field. He uh, agreed, or rather argued, that open-source technology benefits society by allowing people to build products that cater to their preferences without corporate guardrails. He says, I think it's good to have a safe outlet to explore. Can't really think of anything safer than text-based role play against a computer with no humans actually involved, he said. On YouTube, influencers offer tutorials on how to build uncensored chatbots. Some are based on a modified version of Llama called Alpaca AI, which Stanford University researchers released in March, only to remove it a week later over concerns of cost and, quote, the inadequacies of our content filters. So they let this thing out, and then they tried to pull it back in. But the thing is, with the Internet, once a thing is out there, it's really kind of hard to to undo that thing. It's hard to unring the bell uh, as, uh, what was uh, Streisand? I think they call it the Streisand effect. You know, especially if you try to like try to make a big deal about deleting things from the internet, then they really go crazy. Mm. A spokesperson for Meta said the particular model referenced in the YouTube videos called GPT-4X Alpaca, quote, was obtained and made public outside of our approval process. So again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier where this language model was released without their necessarily their consent but again once it's out there good luck getting it back 
These open source AI models and the creative applications that build on them are often published on Hugging Face, a platform for sharing and discussing AI and data science projects. So, in fact, Hugging Face I've actually seen before because that's where the Stable Diffusion releases come out. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like a GitHub, I think. It's like a place where you can share code and and you can actually run tests and things like that. Uh, somebody was going to invent this eventually. It's it's just like a sex bot, you mean? Yeah, I mean it's. I just don't get why this is news newsworthy. It's like it's because it's okay. got sex in the in the title, and you know that's going to get clicks. It's going to get people interested. And if that you know gets people interested in AI, then then good for them. I mean, there are a bunch of interesting things you can do with AI. I, I think understand. men just don't have good enough imagination. That may be the case. Uh, I don't know. And it would be interesting to see if women actually use these sex applications as well. It would be a, curious to see what the demographic breakdown is. I'm sure there's women that are lonely and sad enough to do it too. During a Thursday House Science Committee hearing, Clem DeLang, Hugging Faces CEO, urged Congress to consider legislation supporting and incentivizing open source models, which he argued are, quote, extremely aligned with American values. In an interview after the hearing, although I don't think that we need the government to fund open source projects, that seems like it would be a mistake. Yeah. They seem to be doing just fine on their own. Yeah. Uh, DeLang acknowledged that open source tools can be abused. He noted a model intentionally trained on toxic content. You knew this was coming. GPT-4chan <laughs> <laughs> that Hugging Face had removed from their platform. But he said he believes open source approaches allow for both greater innovation and more transparency and inclusivity than corporate controlled models. And that is true. I just wish that they would leave these edge cases, if you want to call them that, alone. Leave the guy with the sex bot alone. Leave the uh, the 4chan. 4chan one alone. Yeah. Whatever it is that these people, if somebody's going to make one that's like that knows everything about anime or whatever, right? Like, you know, these things are going to happen. Let them do whatever it is they want to do. I mean, you cannot suppress this. The 4chaners, I, now that I know that it exists. You can just go on 4chan right. and see the... Just search for it. I'll find it. No, I just meant you can just go on 4chan and see a bunch of toxicness if you want. Well, I'm assuming 4chan. I've never been there. Well, but this can... would let you talk to the toxic. It would let you interact with something that is completely toxic. Like one of our Yeah, well, I was going to say, you could like just do that room. on the Free Talk Live <laughs> Matrix uh, server. That's what, what my point is. It's like, I don't know. It's not that interesting. It's not something that the go government needs to protect people from. No, certainly not. Uh, he says, I would argue that actually most of the harm today is done by black boxes, referring to AI systems whose inner workings are opaque rather than open source, which, of course, has been my critique of OpenAI, which is, again, a falsely named company, because they're not open. They're not open source at all, and I think that's a huge problem. Hugging Faces rules don't prohibit AI projects that produce sexually explicit outputs, but they do prohibit sexual content that involves minors or that is, quote, used or created for harassment, bullying, or without explicit consent of the people represented. They Earlier this month, the New York-based company published an update emphasizing consent as a core value guiding how people can use the platform. As Google and OpenAI have grown more secretive about their most powerful AI models, Meta has emerged as a surprising corporate champion of open source AI. In February, it released Llama, a large language model that's less powerful than GPT-4, which is its competitor, but more customizable and cheaper to run. This thing can run on your laptop at this point, uh, and it's just going to get 
cheaper as time goes on. Meta initially withheld key parts of its code and planned to limit access to authorized researchers, but by early March, those parts, known as the model's weights, had leaked onto public forums, making Llama freely accessible to all. And I do recall testing this one at the time, and it wasn't that great. It wasn't as bad as it had been, uh, the, the Facebook one had been in the past, but who knows where it's at these days because it's been three months and a lot can happen in AI development in just three months' time. Uh, since then, it has become perhaps the most popular open-source model for technologists, uh, but it's not the only one. In April, a software firm called Databricks released their open-source model called Dolly 2.0. And last month, a team based in Abu Dhabi released an open-source model called Falcon that rivals Llama in performance. So it's nice to hear that we're seeing multiple competing models out there in the open source AI language world. Uh, So there's a computer science professor at MIT who says she's in favor of open source models, but with limits. She says it's important to make the architecture behind powerful chatbots public because that allows people to scrutinize how they're built. For example, if a medical chatbot was created on open source technology, researchers could see if the data it's trained on incorporated sensitive patient information, something that would not be possible on chatbots using closed software. But she does acknowledge that this comes with a risk. If people can easily modify language models, they can quickly create chatbots and image makers that churn out disinformation, hate speech, and inappropriate material of high quality. We need to make sure if something is giving health uh, recommendations that we need to make sure that the colleges who decide what is true and what is not true are the ones that get to put the information into it. Right. They wouldn't want the chatbot to recommend somebody not get a vaccine and instead, you know, try uh, ivermectin or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, this uh, she says there should be regulations governing who can modify these products, such as a certifying or credentialing process. And that is a terrible idea. Unfortunately, though, the federal government is right now considering they've been interviewing these AI researchers and they're already kicking around ideas of how to regulate AI. Wow. And I think that's a really scary idea. These, You know that if the government gets AI, and they're going to, they're probably already researching it. They're probably already signing deals with Microsoft and Google and all that. They're going to use it for murder. They're going to use it for things like pre-crime, like trying to identify someone who might commit a crime so the FBI can start looking into those people. They're going to use it for the military to target people and bomb people and, you know, do all kinds of destructive things. And right now they're doing basically pre-pre-crime where they just, somebody isn't even thinking of how to, you know, fund terrorism and they go suggest it to them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like that teenager that we were talking about a couple of uh, weeks ago. So anyway, she goes on to blather about how they uh, they need to have more. Uh, oh, we we license people to be able to use a car. We need to do a similar thing for AI. She essentially says, we "Don't need to do it for cars either." Uh, let's see what else. Another guy at a uh, capital firm in London noted that many of the tech industry's greatest advances over the decades have been made possible by open source technologies including today's AI language models. He says, if there's only a few companies building the most powerful AI models, they're only going to be targeting the biggest use cases. He said, adding the diversity of inquiry is an overall boon for society. Gary Marcus, cognitive scientist who testified to Congress on AI regulation in May, countered that accelerating AI innovation might not be a good thing considering the risks 
the technology could pose to society. Well, what risks are we talking about here? That somebody will use an AI to write an online scam? I mean, that's one of the things they mentioned earlier. Okay, yeah, that, that can easily be done already. Be done without an AI. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I guess yeah, the, I guess the proposal is that AI would make them better. Because a lot of the online like scam emails that you get, you can tell they're they're written by somebody who doesn't have a mastery of the English language. Yeah. But if they have a robot do it, then it'll be written better than they could write it if they're born in I India. I think the answer is just still people need to educate. Uh, need better education. It's public schools failing that mm-hmm. people are dumb enough to get an email that says, "I am from a government." entity doesn't even mention which one and i need you to send me nine hundred thousand dollars right now because you owe taxes that's yeah. a failing of the public school system that Buyer people are beware. dumb enough that that, that would happen and the fa- a failure of the parents who are relying on the public school system you know yep. buyer buyer beware this is something people need to know you have to be careful out there on the internet you have to be suspicious ever so more now than uh than in the past and so ai is here it's coming even these open source people are still trying to lock it down by restricting the things that it can talk about and all that. But as we're seeing, people are able to roll their own. It just means they got to know what they're doing. They got to be better at programming. And we're going to see these options out there. Uh, they may be harder to find, but the people over at 4chan are going to know right where to look uh, to do this stuff. They're probably some of the ones who are doing it. And I support them. Look, I, I'm not in, you know, I have no interest in using a sex bot per se. But I'm glad that that exists because it is evidence that this is an open technology and those things should exist. Whether or not it says a statement about society and lonely people or whatever. I think it's, I'm not saying that it shouldn't exist, but I think yeah. it sucks that uh, there's we're at this state where people want to use that. Because my thing, my huge thing is I don't like people who are that antisocial, like that's a huge problem. Like uh, our society has caused us to be, you know, torn away from nature. And mm-hmm. yep. I think that the next step that is really bad is people being torn away from other people. Like yeah, that's people true. who are antisocial are more likely to become sociopaths. But like, think about it from this perspective. Uh, I mean, there's always been lonely people out there, right? Like whether it's the society we're in now or 30 years ago, 30 years ago, the lonely guys would go to like strip clubs and spend a bunch of money to get a, a, the attention of a, of a woman, which isn't real, right? Like you're just paying paying her to give you attention. Or some of them would call what they called 1-900 numbers, which probably still exists, but I don't know. They used to be advertised like in the backs of magazines and, and you know, newspaper adult sections. And they you'd have to pay like a dollar a minute or whatever it was, 50 cents a minute or something like that. And you'd talk to a real human. At least they had to have a job to have money to do it. Now they can just not have a job, get money from the welfare, from the government, and just sit on their computer and talk to Allie about her sexual experiences. Yeah, but at least it won't break their bank account if that's what they're doing. Because these guys would pay a lot of money. They have a lot more important stuff they're breaking by uh, being this uh, failed as a human being. Then money. Money's on the most important thing on, on the planet. Let's go to the phones here. Kadu is on the line in uh, con- uh, Connecticut. Go ahead, Kadu. Hey, I just wanted to say to David in New Mexico, uh, you were definitely not blocked because I am Free Talk Live's favorite caller, and I had a hard time getting on last night. So it's important for all of us to remember that 
the world does not revolve around any uh, specific one of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There was so, actually a full yeah. phone, a full phones by the end of that show. So there were several people that did not. I get even on suggested to Ian that he should hang up on some of the regulars to give room for other, better callers, and I he refused not. to. Yeah, I did not. So let's not make everything about ourselves. Oh, that's what David loves to do. <laughs> That's what most people tend to do. I mean, it is your life, so it is kind of all about you. So I, I get, I get that, uh, but it doesn't really, it doesn't play very well when you actually say those things, like, and you get all up, uppity <laughs> and upset about not getting your time. We don't look, we don't owe you anything. Okay, just to be clear, we do open Could phones. Do. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean you, <laughs> meaning anybody out there. Uh, we do this show all because right, we Ian, enjoy it. I, you know, Ian, I, I stand corrected. Don't let everyone know it's all about yourself. <laughs> that's a good that's good advice, Kadu. Thank you for the call tonight, man. You I, never I acts it. that way. So you never act like it's all about you. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's it's whether or not, you know, you want to act that way or not. And, so you and do think what, that, but you just don't want to act like everybody. It? It's all about everybody. Everybody's life is all about them. Right. Like if you don't take care of yourself first, oh. then you can't take care of anyone else. OK, but it, I think that people mean something else when they say it's all about me. Like, like the forget world everyone else. You? Yeah, that's what he means. Like, forget everyone else. It's more. I'm more important. I get. I get where they're coming from, but it definitely sounds really bad. Uh, <laughs> we are out of time for tonight. Wow, you do have a little Leo in you. This is the most Leo of <laughs> you've ever acted. Uh, out of time for tonight. Back tomorrow. You can join us online between now and then over at freetalklive.com. Download archives and so many more things that you can do there. Totally free. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com